Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the DLP Report Podcast. We are back live after taking a week off. It was quite nice to take a week off. Um, and literally everyone is back. And I will try not to forget anyone this week. <laughs> Jeff from DLP Town Square. Hello. Hi Jeff. Uh, Elliot from Elliot. Hi. We got David from David at Disney. Hello. <laughs> oh, Game Master, Patrick. Hi everybody. Uh, Darren is here. Hi everybody. Hello. Uh, Viv is back this week, and she's had a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> she's not sharing. <laughs> oh, is that what you were discussing offline? Um, <laughs> is is Richie on? Is Richie on this week? No. No, no Richie. Richie. Okay. And we have a special guest this week. It is Kat. Hey. Hey, Kat. Hey. Who's joining us from America. You might know Kat if you've read a lot of our articles um, about literally everything, about her experience in Paris, about Phantom Manor, about, I don't know, you've wrote, a, you've written about everything. And you're writing about new things. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. All right. Um, did, I, did I forget anyone? No. Well done. No, there you go. See, I learn. <laughs> this episode will be a success if you remember how to play the quiz, and it'll just be. <laughs> oh, do I have to find? I have to find the quiz music, don't I? Yeah. No, but if you just remember to say your name before you answer, that would be like a massive step forward. Oh yeah, that's, that's not gonna happen. Um, we're on the road to like being pro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seb is telling me that my voice is like three times louder than you guys, so I'm gonna lower my microphone. Is it better, Seb? Oh, um, all right. Well, welcome to a new episode, and um, as usual, we always start uh, with the news. And I guess the big news that happened while we were on um, on break is that uh, Disney World is reopening. Yeah. Don't mm -hmm. be. Don't be so excited. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! They got the governor of California's rubber stamp, which it was always going to get because, you know. Florida. 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 We have to go through this again about which one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So July, July 11 and July 15 are the two dates of reopening over there. Didn't it get like stamped when it was like the highest single day peak in Florida for COVID? Yeah, pretty much. Probably. So I'm like, Florida. Oh, great. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy, enjoy that Florida. And that sounds like that sounds typical of something that happened. But you know what? Um, something Disney World is doing is that they're waiting a good month and some after uh, this announcement to open. So. Um, Universal is opening this week, and I think that might be more problematic. And hopefully, Disney can learn lessons from their neighbors. But do we think that Disney are waiting because they want to wait, or because it is just a huge logistical challenge to get the machine that is Walt Disney World up and running? Well, I mean, I listen to I listen to Bob Chapek, and you know he always tells the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's what he says. Um, that um, 
they just want to get it right and they don't want to rush it and they want to be prepared. But sure, yeah, I mean, I feel like if they really wanted to rush it, they could have sort of just opened Magic Kingdom straight away and done it a bit more phased. So I think they're sort of they are waiting because they want to as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he also said that they have five, well, six if you count the water parks, seven if you count Disney Springs theme parks and areas to open, and that takes time, I guess. Um, Metal distance, no pun intended. Yeah. Well, Disney Springs wasn't the best starting test with how that went. Well, oh. what do you mean? Like, things went okay? I don't know. Did you see the hot dogs, though? What oh, happened yeah. with the hot dogs? <laughs> there was just these people, the just literally, they brought in a barbecue and started making hot dogs in yeah. Disney Springs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the barbecue right. thing. Yeah. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. <laughs> diggity dog. But I feel and like that was, just, was that was just kind of a fluke, though. Yeah. That's just Florida. Also, the weird thing is, That's like, how do you... first day of World of Disney, which went okay, I think, but there was a bit of a crowd while people were getting yeah. used to things. Mm-hmm. They get the limited but that edition. doesn't seem to have happened on subsequent days. I think that's been fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. just they sold out of all the limited edition, like the mini mouse attraction merch, and then as soon as that was gone, they were like, and see you later. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're not getting anything special for our reopening, because, you know, people will drive from the other side of the world to get those your Disney but yeah, but that, that, just, that just goes to show how much of an appetite would be there if they did do anything even slightly out of the way or like or, or extraordinary. And it just goes to show that that's something that they should be doing. And I agree that it's probably not the best thing to do at the opening of the park because they need to kind of find their legs. But I do, it, it kind of goes back into the age old conversations we've been having for nearly 12 weeks now uh, <laughs> about like how I 100% convinced that if they did a little bit more and did a bit more effort, there would be a market for it, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess the, the goal for, for every park for the first few weeks, at least, is to not attract too many people. Because I think they already know that all the AP holders are going to be rushing to the parks. And so there's already going to be uh, some so... kind of crowd. And I guess there's going to be AP previews, even for us in Paris, and reservation systems. Either you put a quota <laughs> on APs to book each day, or you do AP previews. But if you just let it run loose, literally, like us, we're going to, I mean, not us in the UK, but <laughs> um, APs are going to book the first two weeks, and then no normal guest is going to be able to go. So Disney World, well, well, we'll back in January, put a limit on, haven't about... About... Uh, Yeah. So, limit on AP holders, right? Yeah, so I think, I don't know whether they've put a numerical limit on it, but I'm sure there is one in the back end, but they haven't said what it is. Um, mm. it, if you Basically keep using book. the system, they'll, they'll stop mm. you. What, for Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Are they not doing AP holder days for Florida? Pre days, yeah, but, mm-hmm. but once it's up and running, they're, they're limiting the days they can book. I think that's right. Mm. What's interesting is they don't seem to be doing what Shanghai is doing, or they haven't announced it yet, maybe, um, where during this reservation period, APs would be extended. That's not at the moment happening in Orlando. Um, I think that's going to be really interesting because I'm sure there's probably some terms and conditions somewhere that somebody will find that says if you bought a 365-day pass, then you should be allowed to go. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's all the lawyers to debate, I guess. In all, in all those contracts, isn't there like this whole 
force majeure type thing where it's like, oh, well, like in exceptional circumstances gives us the possibility to modify our terms and conditions at any time or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm sure they have... read sure that have... Um, terms and conditions document. You know when you renew in Paris and like you walk away with this A4 piece of paper that you've signed even though you have definitely not read it? But you get a nice little you get a nice little holder for it. It's cute, and it has like, little flaps. And you're like, wow, this is, this is the nicest thing about this. Yeah, you get in your holder every time you renew to if you renew in person. Yeah, which yeah. inevitably ends up in the trash after a week for me. But because what do you do with it? But, yeah. uh, but I'm sure Darren has a collection because Darren keeps everything. Yeah. And if you it's see, if you've seen, um, yeah. If you've seen a lot of the photos we posted yesterday about Space Mountains, um, a lot of them as courtesy of Mr. Darren, who was kind enough to share his collection. Yeah, you used them. That's great. Yeah. Happy um, to help. <laughs> I was particularly interested yeah. in the, and we'll talk about, we'll talk more about that in, the, in our Space Mountain segment, mm. but it was particularly interesting to see the, the gold metal plates that was the press um, pass. The press badge. Do yeah. You, do you actually really... ha own that? Yeah, I've got it here. It's um, it's super heavy actually. So as a badge, it must really weigh down. But it, yeah, it's a, quite a piece. Yeah. Interesting. I d I think I I picked it up at some Disney honor convention years and years ago, and um, and there it was in a little bag, and I I just got it. I don't know. It's probably about twenty pound or something. It was really quite a good price. Oh my god. Someone from yeah, it's someone from Kodak on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some French person. <laughs> um, so. That's for Disney World in terms of Disneyland Paris. No news whatsoever. Uh, Village well, Nature. Is... Wait, we have, we have golfing. We have golfing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the highlight. We have, we, have the news, we have the news from the French government about um, timetable for things being allowed to open. That doesn't mean that it is, of course, but right. so it's can definitely from the 22nd. And it's definitely not opening on June 22nd, that's for sure. And um, I've seen some tweets running around. <laughs> Do tweets run around? No. I've seen some tweets around um, about a July 11 opening, and sadly, I do not think that is the case either. Um, but don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get there once everything's figured out. Um, in pure French tradition, there are a lot of steps. It seems like Disney World only had to do a Zoom call, and here you are, you're open. But um, in France, it's much more complicated uh, with uh, unions and you know HR and uh, third-party providers, all sorts of things you need to put back in place before opening, and of course, safety and all that. So, yeah, it will come, but maybe um, a little bit later. Then uh, July 11. <laughs> uh, other than that, I think that is it for Disney news, no, isn't it? Is there anything else to discuss? The golf is open. Village Nature is going to open on June 22nd. That is the thing that is opening on June 22nd. They're very <laughs> eager over there. Like they, they've been writing. Village all... Nature has like been trying. Uh, they're it's so eager. Like they, they're ready. <laughs> they've they've made all the beds. In, um, they've Mecca, heated up the water. <laughs> Is that, is, like, is that because like, guys, they're... we're going we're to ease the lockdown on the 8th of May and Villas Nature is like, guys, we're opening on the 8th of May. Yeah, that's so eager. <laughs> so they're, they're just in the Literally. green zone, just. Is that right? No, I don't think so. Or they just put No, Villas Nature is oh, definitely in the orange the... zone. Right. Park Asterix, Asterix is just in the green zone. Asterix is, yeah. So Asterix is in the green zone, but basically anyone who goes there would live in an orange zone. 
Yeah. Right. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah. They got lucky at the zone lottery. <laughs> um, but also because the hundred the hundred kilometer thing is lifted, so nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah. So right. if you're in the orange zone, you can go spread your virus in a green. We can zone. go anywhere. Fun. Yeah. But the thing is, the the it's wrong though because the the map with the cases, the COVID nineteen cases, shows that all of France is basically green. It's just the uh, like the the places that the ICU have, they are orange or red, and that's why we're orange and not green. Yeah, there's like they, they it's confusing. Basically, before they were using like two criteria. It was like how the virus is being transmitted on the ground and how uh, how busy hospitals were. So like when they did it the first time, that was the only two criteria they were looking at, and then they added more criteria, and then it was four, and then now apparently it's I think it's seven or eight, uh, but I don't I don't know if they've said what they are, but apparently it's just they're they're using more and more. Basically, I think it's per they're looking at it per when it goes over one hundred infections per or, or is it fifty or hundred infections per one hundred thousand? That's when they start like shutting things down again, if that yeah. makes sense. That was what they said anyway. They're u- they're using that as the bar to is so basically everywhere is green apart from the Parisian region, and everywhere can go back to either orange or red depending on how infections go. Right. And obviously things will spread a lot quicker in the cities. Yeah, well obviously Paris is a lot more kind of clustered in, and there's a lot more people on top of each other. Whereas in like other but parts they also of France, don't really seem they also don't seem to care about social distancing. Yeah, in Paris, it's been pretty obvious that people are just hanging out now. I've seen photos today, because we were supposed to go to Paris, and we saw photos yesterday of how the sand was and how many people were, like, sat next to each other. Mm. Like, no masks, nothing. We're like, nah, we're just going to stay here. They're, they really don't care. Yeah. Or they Holiday seem to now, not I guess, care. Right? I mean, their, their well, infection yeah, rate is lower, is lower than ours, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still nervous. I mean, here in the UK, we don't really know what the hell is going on, so I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> but it's, it's, so it's interesting, though, to put it from perspective where at Disney, everything will be so strictly enforced that if they're not used to doing it outside of Disney, are they going to slip when they come to Disney, sort of like having to wear masks and socially distance when they're but not like, those videos that. that we saw. Those videos that we saw of Shanghai, like in literally every clip, like the kind of press that were there and they were like making sp- extra special attention. But like even in every shot, you could see at least one person that wasn't was doing something yeah. that they so like, I think I it's, it's going to have to be. That, that kind of naturally happens though sometimes, doesn't it? You can't, even if you go down the shops, you can't really help yourself but touch somebody or brush past somebody is quite difficult at times but yeah like they the have big difference oh, sorry, be... yeah. oh sorry no it's fine uh, the big difference is that um our media and social media landscape is a lot more open than china's so if it gets really bad like we've all seen the video of the parade at uh, shanghai if mm. that video came out in europe that would be straight on the desk of josh damara and burbank like you know it's completely different i think josh that's right. The last show that we had, Josh got nominated during the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, that was him. Yeah. 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 Last half hour. Yeah. And since then, since then, he's been kind of uh, the same hero as he 
always is and has gone down to Disney Springs and took a whole bunch of selfies with cast members and guests and just uh yeah he's been just awesome I wanted I was gonna say with one big smile but you can't really see his mouth but uh you can tell he's smiling <laughs> and uh, yeah he's been really cool so can't wait for him to visit Paris please don't forget us we're still here <laughs> trying try to open <laughs> open open the door um yeah, so uh, not much to report other than that. Uh, around the parks, I think the, the construction is still stopped, uh, despite you know rumors. And I think there's been some deliveries and a bit of activity, as in maybe some suppliers started bringing in some things. Uh, there was some... Um, I can't remember if we talked about this last time. Uh, a piece of the Avengers campus landing pad if you've seen the concept art you know what i'm talking about it's like an arch and on top is going to be flats like a spaceship can land on it or something uh well a piece of that seems to have been delivered apparently i've seen a photo i don't know if it's it's gonna be a quinjet on top yeah mm-hmm. i mean it looks like it right um but yeah so yeah, no, there is it's in the concept art yeah um, so the... no but i mean the piece that that the photo that there's a photo that, oh, yeah, that yeah. went around uh, that we, we can't post, obviously, but... Um. I think we need to be careful as well, though. Because the Quincha is in the concept art doesn't mean we're getting a Quincha. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see a Quincha on top of that. <laughs> oh, Patrick. I think it will happen, because... I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Well, you know Natasha is going to be standing up there to make her speech and stuff. Uh, well, that would be fun. Yeah. That will be fun, actually. I'd like yeah. that. That would be a cool. That would be a cool platform for like speeches and stuff. But uh, so yeah, I yeah, think... it'll be like um, Chewbacca was in the Millennium Falcon at Galaxy's Edge. That was really cool as well. Yeah. Oh. You just compare Chewbacca with Nat- Natasha with Chewbacca. I would have more compared it to like Stormtroopers and Disney Springs. That looked. Like, just... Oh, that was weird. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Just... But I think there was a there was a bigger reason for that. They were testing out how guests yeah. would react to socially distanced meets. Ah, right. That makes sense. Well, obviously they wouldn't remind they they wouldn't remember them from you know Star Wars land because there was everything was cut over there. So they, <laughs> at least you get <laughs> at least you get to see a bit of activity at Disney Springs. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and it was a re- it made for some really cool photos, and you know I think it thematically okay a bit weird, mm-hmm. but it was nice. Yeah, and I think you know um, Universal started. Uh, doing those socially distance um, meets and obviously Shanghai as well and every park is doing it in a different way but uh, you know it it could be fun you know if you have like the Mad Hatter and the planters next to teacups is like basically reading you while you're writing and like yelling at you that could be a fun thing and, that would be fun and then he could take photos with guests like from a distance you know you, you could do a selfie with him and you'd have if he's on a little podium or well, like Jack Sparrow could go on that platform across from the Paris of the Caribbean entrance. If you could just close it off, it's high enough that he'd, he'd be up there, you know, and he could just do his Jack Sparrow thing. I mean, it's worked. They, they, they did it on Run Disney last year quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rapunzel on the bridge, etc. And it, yeah. okay, for Runners, it wasn't so good, but it was. But I hope, now it seems, seems to be a thing. I hope they don't put Rapunzel on the bridge because that means the railroad would not be running. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. the railroad is gone. Let's just be honest. 
No, considering well, I, all refurbishments are shut. I had <laughs> never that, returning. I heard that they were gonna that it was gonna reopen with the park. I don't know who said that or where. And as you know, it's like flying rumors these days because we're yeah. all stuck with nothing. So everyone's talking. But apparently, they they would reopen it with the park. Which, That's because the 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 original opening date, well, original part 7.0 or something was that was that it was supposed to reopen as soon as the lion king season started but obviously oh, right. that's not gonna start june 20 now so yeah. god may know whenever it's it so if construction yeah, is it stopped would the construction finished in the frontierland area for them to run the railroad it's being completed in time for them to run it yeah, yeah, are they are they going to reopen it even if they don't have the frontier land section no. ready? You think, or just no? Okay. Yeah. Well, the floors once and for all. The floors were almost done when the park closed, but apparently there was huh. more to do until June because on the calendar it was until June that they were going to work on it. Um, but obviously now everything's delayed. But if yeah. construction's allowed to restart around now, someone is outside with birds. It's kind of nice. Um, <laughs> oh, I think it's my birds you can hear. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not outside though. I'm okay. <laughs> so if um, They've come to help you clean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish. Exactly. We're a magical podcast. Uh, <laughs> I have birds at the controls. That's why all the songs play in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> so, hey. But yeah, construction. I want construction to start soon because yeah, I mean, if they, they need start, to make up for lost time. If they could start mm -hmm. construction right now, that means that they have about a month and a half until end of July to, you know, finish at least a lot of projects. Maybe front lots, maybe frontierlands. If they have like a full month. I wonder month. why they haven't because weren't they allowed to start it on about like May sixth? Or right but it's kind of like park opening you know there's a difference between the government saying that you can start and then disney started starting because as usual there's a lot of consideration between yeah you know yeah. uh contractors unions safety all that what stuff what i actually want to construct yeah i mean and also like which um third party you know providers for the materials and all that like who's available who's delivering yeah all the bit of a mess. Back on. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> but now I guess for the next month, night should be better. Like, I hope all the projects will start again because Hotel New York, I don't think, has started again. I don't know. Viv, do you, nope. have you No? Okay. You haven't seen no. anything. And the, so, the papers are still there. The, the site is closed. Yeah. So. Go fit or notice. So. Hopefully soon. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be another long <laughs> month. But uh, hey, we'll get there. <laughs> So, um, today the music choice is, of course, Space Mountain, and uh, I thought we would start with the original. And so, Disney World does not have, obviously, onboard music, but it does have some kind of soundtrack, um, and it's something I found online. I think it's like an, I don't know if it's an area soundtrack or the Q soundtrack, but it's some kind of 80s space bop Um so I thought we would start in order and, and start with Disney World with the first um, soundtrack. Uh, and when we come back, Patrick has prepared a new Disney quiz. Right? I have. You have. Ooh. Is it a Space Mountain quiz? Well, we'll just have to play the quiz and find out. All right. So oh, no, no, no lying. It's 100% a Space Mountain quiz. <laughs> okay. From around the world. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I couldn't find 10 questions that people would know. 
questions about Disney and Paris. So I was like, <laughs> we know too much about DSD. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll be right back in two minutes after uh, Space Mountain at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Welcome back to the DLP Report Podcast. Um, let me put the sound back on for the birds. Um, hi, guys. <laughs> uh, it is now time for the weekly quiz. Patrick? Yes? The floor is yours. Okay, right. Remind so, everyone of the rules. Wait, is Kat back? Because otherwise she can't join for the quiz. Yeah, Kat's having some issues, and I told her to drop it and come back in, but... I don't know if she get, was able to get back in. Oh, who, um, Kat? She's, yeah. she's not back in yet. Ah. I just, I just rang her, like, I pressed the ringer, so fingers crossed she can join. Alright. Well. Well, anyway, so, basically, um, as usual, say your name, and then give me the answer. So, I have some, uh, ten, 11 questions about Space Mountain around the world. I thought um, this week we didn't have to say a name. Oh, stop it then. 
Ben, if you continue like this, you will be politely banned from the quiz and we'll just play with <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, okay. We're replacing with cat, it's fine. Yeah, like... <laughs> okay, wait, can, is it working now? Yes! Yes, thank you. Yes, better. Do you know how to play the quiz, cat? I bet you do. <laughs> no idea. Okay, well, You don't have to say your name. You ben, to... don't lie to her. <laughs> that's rude. You have to say your name, Kat, and then that's, everything will go well if you just say your name and then you give you the answer, okay? Okay. Great, okay, let's go. Uh, question number one. Who was the chief artistic director for Discoveryland and oversaw the implementation of Jeff. Space Mountain at Disneyland Paris? Jeff. I didn't hear his Who said it first? Jeff was Jeff. first. Jeff said first. Jeff said it first. But do we have to wait till the questions finish or not? Well, no. I, I, yeah, right. I would, you have to wait. Personally, I would like if we didn't interrupt the question just so everyone gets a chance to listen. But I'm not gonna be that. That's good. It's Tim Delaney. Yeah, correct. Okay. I found the I found okay. the right quiz music. <laughs> Where... <laughs> Two minutes <Okay>. in. <laughs> <laughs> what production values? Anyway, question number two. It's the uh, birds. So, this question, I have two possible answers, and I will accept either one. Um, what is the top speed of, of the trains in Space Mountain at Disneyland Paris? And I'll accept kilometers or miles an hour. Oh, God. Cat, is it 45 miles 45. per hour? Cat, I'll give it to you. 46 miles an hour. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I thought yeah. it was faster. Oh. No, I just, there was a video that uploaded yesterday where it was like the fastest <laughs> ride in Disney. I was like, oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what timing. About I, um, I, I've never seen a video. Um, anyway, yeah, it's either 75.6 kilometers or 46.97. Was, was that the video where they said happy 25th anniversary to Hyperspace Mountain? Oh. It might have been. <laughs> Oh god. Didn't watch it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh. I have no idea. Anyway, okay, question number three. Um two. No, that, that was, was three. No, three. That was three. Three. Oh my god. Three. <laughs> Did you open a second bottle? Like... The wine. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. Oh, the it's third a bottle of wine. So happens Vivian... when you have like twenty people on a quiz. Vivian's having great fun just chants the birds. He's like, What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, question number three. Um, which version of Space Mountain was longest in place at Disneyland Paris? Jeff. Jeff. It was Mission 2. It was. It was. Mission 2 was in place for 4,292 days. De uh, from De La Terre à la Lune was in place for 3,518 days. And Hyperspace... Hold on. Hold on to your hats. Hyperspace... <laughs> Why didn't you just say day, years? Days, which is this is going to be really awkward in a few years when you have to remember that the parks were closed for like three weeks, uh, three months even. Oh, how well, are we going to calculate the days? <laughs> oh, God. Technically, it's still in place, so technically it's still there. Um, okay, next, question number four. Um, which two Disney parks counted Space Mountain as an opening day attraction. David. David. Hong Kong and Tokyo. Correct. Very good. Snap. Uh, uh -huh. um, question number five. 
which Disney Castle Park is the only one to not feature the Space Mountain attraction? Elliot. Elliot. Shanghai Disneyland. Correct. Um, next, uh, number six. What was the name of the original Space Mountain project for Disneyland Paris, masterminded by Jeff. Tom? Ben. Oh, was that Jeff? I think. It was... <laughs> but I said my name. Jeff in the background. <laughs> Jeff. It was. Uh, Jeff says his name at the end of the questions. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I'm trying to listen to the answer from Jeff. <laughs> It was Discovery Mountain. Correct. Uh, you still see like bits of it as well. Like it's all yeah, still there. The bridge. Yeah. Our DM. Anyway, sliding to my DMs has a new meaning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in terms, in terms of diameter, which is the largest space mountain dome in a Disney park? What? <laughs> Elliot. Elliot. Is it Disneyland Paris? It is not. Viv. Is it Magic Kingdom? It is. Well done, Viv. Yeah. I got a point. Yay. Yay. It's your first point ever. Magic Kingdom is such like a twisted, compact coaster. You'd think it'd have a smaller dome. Never been there, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah, it's diameter, so not high, so it's kind of... Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, Walt Disney World is 100 meters in diameter. Hmm. Um, next, in terms of diameter, which is the smallest space mountain dome in a Disney park? Jesus Christ. Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. Hong Kong Disneyland? It is not, no. Oh, wow. Oh, ben. That was going to be my guess. Ben? Disneyland. Disney? No, it's not Disneyland. Does it not have much room there? Viv, <laughs> Which park haven't we tried yet? Viv? Tokyo. No. Disneyland Cat. Disneyland Paris. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was easy to guess, but okay. Um, But yeah, yeah, I guess because our station's outside, isn't it? So that's safe. Yeah. 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 Uh, Disneyland is 66 meters, Walt Disney World is 100, Tokyo Disneyland 66, Disneyland Paris 62, and Hong Kong Disneyland 66 as well. Um, okay, so okay. not by much, though. No, not by much, but still, you know. It's a small list. <laughs> yeah. Um, which composer made the score for fa- Space Mountain de la Terre la Lune? Jeff. Jeff. Steve Branson. Correct. Um, here's a, I, I'm quite proud of this question, but you're probably going to be like, it's not the correct title for the question, but I'm going to try it. Okay. Uh, which which film starring George Clooney featured the Space Mountain Dome in some of its promotional material? David. Oh. Sarah. David. David. Tomorrowland. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I that film's about actually it. underrated. It's actually yeah, decent. It is. Film have a, yeah, it's, it's a nice movie. It well. Okay. Uh, I well. don't know what you said, but okay. <laughs> it's a nice movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did not, it that, it did not like, do very well. No, no. It, it was a nice uh, movie. The story fell a bit flat, but the universe, the cinematic universe, was really cool. Yeah, that was a nice yeah. one. Okay, so the points are Cats on two, Jeff's on three, David's on two, Elliot and Viv are on one. Yeah. And this is the last question. Uh, so it's a quick, quick quiz, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> last question. 
Hyperspace Mountain has been present as an overlay at Disneyland Paris since May 7, 2017. When and where did the Hyperspace Mountain overlay make its first appearance in a Disney park? Oh my god. Darren. Darren. Disneyland? Okay, that's one point. And I'll give you another point if you can tell me the year. Um, uh, cat, a cat. Oh, Darren gets to go. Darren. Darren. Darren, all right, oh. all right. It's absolute <laughs> guess. Um, nineteen ninety eight. I know, going out there. Wait, hypers hyperspace. Yeah, hyperspace. Aren't we the only one? No. No. Cat. Oh. Was it twenty fifteen? Oh my god, Cap, congratulations. I was way, <laughs> way out. Well, damn. Yeah, it was like 19... Wait, what? Because it was when Force Awakens came out. <laughs> oh my I god, Cap, I feel like you should get... What was, this, what was the special event at Disneyland that they had the Hyperspace Mountain? Force Awakens. Yeah. Wasn't but, it? Yeah, the premiere. What, what was the season? I have no idea. <laughs> season of the Force? Season of the Force. Correct. All right. <laughs> So, uh, with that, we, we finish with Darren, uh, Elliot, uh, and Viv on one point, yeah, David yeah. on two points, and joint winners in our first appearance, Kat and Jeff, are on three points. Congratulations. Well done, Kat. Your first like... joint win. Yeah. And Thank it's not you. Even, it's not even a Phantom Metal quiz. I know, jeez. <laughs> I have actually text Kat sometimes and I was like, I'm going to ask this question in the quiz. It's about Phantom Mana. Is it right? And she's like, yep. Or like, no. Like, no. like my grandmaster on Phantom Mana is definitely Kat. Thank you. I feel honored. Yes. Um, and actually, we, we should talk about that. Kat, what are you working on for GFP Report? Yeah, so um, I'm working on currently doing a little series. Um, do we decide on the title is Tales from Thunder Mesa? Or? Yes, yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, so Tales from Thunder Mesa, um, it's about the four suitors of Melanie Ravenswood, and it goes into details about how Melanie met them and what happens to them more than just like the stretching room portraits. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Ooh. And yes, we have the first... The first story is going to come out soon, and it's it's our first fan fiction, so it's kind of a new format <laughs> and a new try for us. But uh, we have a really cool promo video, which features a voice you might recognize. Right, Darren? Yeah, you told us this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. If I know how to say Thunder Mesa, yeah. Mesa. 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 <laughs> 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 There's so many people saying that right now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it'll be fun. It's a, it'll be a bit of a summer read, and so obviously four suitors, so there'll be four stories ultimately. Um, but yeah, I think the first one is ready. So hopefully yep, later, later this Sounds week, fun. it will be on our site and also as an ebook for your whatever Kindle or iPad. Anyway, <laughs> so much fun. All right, so uh, second song, obviously, since we go in order, is going to be Disneyland. And the good thing about Disneyland is it has um, on-ride soundtrack, right? It does, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, it, I did I did learn something about, you know, so then we'll talk about this uh, this documentary-ish, this 
there's a promo video about Space Mountain that that Disneyland Paris released today. But um, they, they uh, obviously our Space Mountain does not have the first on-ride music. We have the first on-ride synchronized music. And it works. And I can't exactly when it works. And I can't remember which one of the Imagineers was talking about like when the train is too heavy, you have to resynchronize. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, but no, um, I maybe guess that's that... maybe that's a cue for me to stop right in hyperspace mountain because I'm <laughs> too happy. But uh, yeah, so um, we'll be back in just about a minute and a half because obviously it's a quick ride um, after uh, Space Mountain from Disneyland. See you in a bit. <laughs> Okay, so I was wrong. Jeff corrected me <laughs> on the chat during the song. So Disneyland does not Sorry. have onboard audio. They play it in the dome. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Casey Jr. was the first Disney attraction to have onboard audio. And then Space Mountain was the first to have it in Space Mountain. And actually the first roller coaster to have onboard audio in the dark anywhere in the world. All right. Mm. And I remember, um, I think it was from, you know, that documentary. Um, there's like that, there's that famous BBC documentary about Space Mountain, which I'm surprised no one has digged out for this anniversary because usually every anniversary it comes out. Um, and, good footage. and they show you uh, the original onboard video. I think they've changed it now. And it was, you remember when you have, I think, I think it's still a thing, but uh, not many people use it now. But, you know, the, the cards you used to add into the bays of your PC, like the sound cards. And they had this sort of sound card system in the back of the trains, and there were like eight of them in each train. And that's where basically the, the music was stored. It's just very loud. Yeah. Yeah, now we just have music in our phone and it's no big deal. But yeah. Uh, but I think they've redone the audio uh, since then. I think maybe for Mission 2? Well, because they got, they got new trains, didn't they? For the hyperspace. Well, they have and they haven't, really. I mean, they, they got new shells. What irked uh, yeah. me about those trains was how they did this hyperspace thing. And then these trains kind of reinforce the Jules Verne sort of De La Terre La Lune type vibe that it had going on. Like, 
it, I don't know. It just doesn't match. Like nothing they matches definitely, there. They definitely moment. had different plans for so, for those trains. So since we're talking about space, I'm gonna start with the bashing. I think. <laughs> I, and obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't trying oh, everybody. Bash, but, like, obviously, we all hate everything except Mission One, and I think that's like general statement. Uh, correct I me actually, if I'm wrong. I, I like I like Mission Two. I've never been on Mission One. I remember going on Mission Two and be like. I like the music was kind of like fun and upbeat and like you know I had a great time on the coast and whatever. I didn't know there was like this whole story and like the canon and like all of those kind of things. And obviously, when you know, I'm like, yeah, I I would rather that. But, but like, like, I don't think like... Mission Two was as bad as Hyperspace Mountain for me, just for the simple reason being, okay, going to Supernova has nothing got to do with Jules Verne, and we all understand that. But go into like a different universe, like there's another way they do this whole visionary thing where like Jules Verne was a visionary and George Lucas was a visionary. But like using the Jules Verne method to get to a George Lucas story doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, where that's, that's the one that got has... so much. Every time they say that, it's like really you're going there. No, but like at least if you just have a generic story that's not Brandon and anything, okay, yeah, it's still not respecting the like the original Jules Verne thing, but like, okay, yeah, space, space, it makes more sense than oh, space, hyperspace. Doesn't but make Patrick, any sense. Uh, let me ask you, like, as as a you know guest who arrived to the park after mission one, did you not wonder like why this the outside looks like this with some giant cannon and then. Inside, it's like a space, like sort of like a modern 21st century space uh, alien looking exploration type of thing. Supernova? Well, I kind of didn't really, like, I just thought that the canon was there to be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, like, as like, you know, the way they they talk about how, how like, uh, in Europe, the story can't be language, story has to be visual. So I thought the reason why they had that big cannon there was for me to be like, all oh, right, I'm going to get shot up this thing and I'm going to go on like a thing that's not going to be like a dark ride or like a boat ride. It's going to be like, it's going to be thrilling. So I can see that when I walk into the land, I'm like, okay, there's this big thing shooting up here. So I'm probably going to have a, like a, a, Wait, like a did they say time. that thing that story can't be language? Yeah. They yeah. said, uh, no, I, was, I was listening. Oh, maybe I was listening uh, to... The defunct defunct land did a podcast with Tim Delaney, and he was talking about how mm-hmm. the land, how because he was thought he was like because guests came from different places, he he tried to add kinetic energy to most things so that people could be kind of like visually kind of drawn to specific types of things and stuff. That's so, how it like, should be. Yeah, yeah. Like, on hyperspace see... mountain. Good luck to anyone trying to understand what's going on if you don't speak a word of French. But the, the issue for me is like, and you know, during during this panel that they did tonight, they talk a lot about how you know the theme parks will never be complete, the famous wild quote, and how you know uh, uh, Tom Pitcher was like, oh, we were trying, well, we we're trying to keep it fresh and interesting and relevant and more modern, and people have more expectations today about technology and this and that, and I'm all for that. But the, the problem is like, you know, if you're gonna update Space Mountain, do you want to do a Star Wars Space Mountain? Then you know, spend money and rip out the building. You know, actually make yeah. it Star Wars. Rip out the cannon. 
rip out everything. Make it. I mean, please black. don't. No, please yeah. don't. <laughs> no, of course, <laughs> please don't. No, but you, you know what don't I'm saying. Don't give them ideas. And it's just like do it right or don't do it at all. Is that? And I feel like this. The problem with Space Mountain in Paris is that it's always been half baked. The original story was perfect, and granted, it was a choice. You know, it was a commitment when you build such mm-hmm. a show building. You commit to that story because you know that down the road, this is not something that you're going to be able to just and repaint people, and change pe- the name, people, you know? So pe- you, you commit yeah. to it. People bought into that as well. 1995 with huge, massive advertising campaign. Yeah. I it saw was the such advert, a mighty beast so of an... Yeah. And people huge. loved it. And who knew guests would be so into Jules Verne because, you know, it is They not got yet. it. People understood it. People aren't yeah. stupid. They did get it. And they understood also this retrofuturism and this vision of the future by mm. great minds of the past which is a lot of the building blocks of Discoveryland, except the back um <laughs> you have you have this whole like sort of like you know here we're we're actually in the past looking at the future and this is something that is always going to be this way because that's how the past imagined the future and it's so genius and so with space mountain they had such a good story and they picked they picked such a good story to go with the show building and a great show building but then, of course, if you, I feel like when you do that, you have to commit to your story, and you have to know that. I mean, you know, like Visionarium, you could change it into Buzz Lightyear. They ripped off the inside, but like the outside was sort of like, you know, sort of plastic, plain. You know, it's plain. Like they put that ugly thing in the front. But I mean, the whole thing, you can see how maybe if they had built Buzz from the beginning, it would probably have looked like that anyway. Um, but Space Mountain is such a custom-made building that if you change the story inside it instantly doesn't make sense anymore and mission two didn't make sense at all i thought but hyperspace makes even less sense now especially because it still says baltimore gun club and there's all those elements inside and outside and to me that's the only thing that really and of course space mountain is still a, a fun coaster and i still go on it and i still have fun and i like the star wars theme in general and it's cool you know and Marketing is able to sell that coaster with Star Wars much better probably than Mission 2. It was something new. It's something they've put in every season of the Force promotions because, you know, of course, that's part of the season that's next door to studios. And <laughs> it just it just gives you a Star Wars offering when you have all those new Star Wars coming out and the park doesn't have anything Star Wars to offer apart from seasonal shows. So all of a sudden you have a Star Wars attraction for almost free. Which makes sense, I think, from a financial point of view. But as fans, but like what we were saying, we we spoken about it before. The wouldn't marketing team get a lot more mileage out of it if they if they if they if it was actually an overlay and it was here for like periodically and it was like oh I have to like book a trip because I want to go on hyperspace mountain or like instead of just having like because it just feels lazy leaving it for like what essentially was an overlay for yeah. three years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could Sorry, definitely we could have like a Ghost Galaxy in November and a Star Wars overlay in May from like you know mid April for and then May the fourth and then you keep it for the rest of May and then June it goes back to the original story, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like I mean, awesome. I never personally saw either of the Space Mountains, so because like first time I went was twenty eighteen, so like I wish I'd been able to because it like obviously like the videos don't do it justice, but like. 
the music and stuff compared to like you listen to the music of even like Space Mountain 2 it's incredible and then you get to hyperspace and like sometimes the music doesn't even work and you're just hearing like pew 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 it's like oh okay well that's, <laughs> that's, that's just because that's just, that's just maintenance um... that's just me <laughs> <laughs> thing is like one of my like um, early, my earliest memory as anything Disneyland Paris related is that 1995 advert yeah. Well, one minute was like there was like yeah. from the earth to the moon and all that and like if you're a kid you don't really think about the Jules Verne thing and you think that thing looks awesome. It's going to shoot me to the moon. I yeah. <laughs> shoot you in a cannon into the moon. Yeah. The moon looks I amazing. Think, yeah, I think there's still a lot of desirability about going to the moon. I think that's still something that's really cool. And like David, um, my first memories of Disneyland Paris are also that advert. That was an insanely good advert. That we're sat here 25 years later and we remember it like that's how often does that happen yeah and mm -hmm. also it was also my first memory the first time i went was in 95 and i went in late august 1995 so space mountain was about two months old um so it's nice it's also, uh, <laughs> it's it's also the level. most recent expansion to disneyland park <laughs> yeah yeah like just putting it out there um we haven't had new land in disneyland park now for 25 years today see when you're a little see when you're a little kid and you watch that cannon shoot up there is a bit of you that's questioning where that train's actually going you're like did they actually shoot out the yeah. top of the thing no. like, where did it actually go it's when I mean, you're a little kid like you don't need star wars it's like it, it kind of the original one like captured your imagination in a different way if you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it all fit together and it all made sense. It was like, whoa, they're actually going to shoot you up this hill. And Do that, you remember yeah. when you were stood in the land and it was before they recalibrated the cannon permission too. So you'd be walking around the land and they'd actually be stopped where you'd have that sort of see-through section of the cannon. So I don't remember that. you would actually stand there and watch yeah. them and then I it saw, would blast off. I saw photos of that yesterday and I don't remember that, that glass section. That was amazing to see. And the door would yeah. shut, right? The, 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 the door thing yeah, would close yeah, over. Yeah, it would like, yeah. And it would smoke up. Yeah. And it would go, and it would just see, see the thing flying up the hill. It amazing. Oh, the smoke, yeah. I thought that was that was a super cool effect. Like, there has not been an effect like that in a Disney park for years now. Like, that's just insane. So it's simple. So cool. you, would see, you would see the cannon retracts, you would see the smoke come out, and also you would hear that boom. You could hear it from... The boom went across all the lands, the didn't back it? back of adventure. Yeah. And if you paid attention, you could hear that, like, just every few minutes, and you knew that on the other side of the park, a train had just launched. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And even um, even at the end, like, there were, there were so many... I mean... I mean the technology, it, you know, it's funny because tonight one of the Imagineers in the panel was talking about, he, he had a lot to do with the lighting. And um, sure, the show inside was a lot of black light, but it works so well because black light in a roller coaster is much better than projections. Because yeah. the projections, mm -hmm. you see this like weird gray shadow of like the square of the projector, you know, like the, the projectors yeah. can't do full black, especially in such a dark building. So when you reach the I don't know, this destroyer or whatever, you see the destroyer, but you also see that basically someone has put up a bed sheet and, you know, that's been lit by a projector. I mean, I it's just... <laughs> even at that, it's like so low res that, because it's at that point when you're slowing down to go up into the next lift, so you've got quite a lot of time. And sometimes you get stuck on that because we yeah. like get 
trains get loaded through and you get like really close to that and you see how really low res that is and you're like it's just like i don't know who anyone thinks they're kidding because it just doesn't look good and so like you said if they can do something better by not using the protections then they shouldn't like there one of the engineers said tonight i think it was he said tonight that technology shouldn't be used for technology's sake whereas i feel like they very much were hyperspace men that's kind of just what they did because they had no way of getting a, a star speeder in or like a, a star destroyer or whatever in they had no way of getting those in without just projecting them it was the, the only way and it just doesn't look great yeah but i mean it, it yeah. did add a few effects with with um hyperspace like the red twirly thing was that hyperspace or was it mission two i think it was perhaps yeah. uh, that was mission two the red one didn't they add some kind of like shooting star led yeah. type of thing the lasers from one of the X-wings, I think. Do you know the one, the green lasers yeah. that over your head? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think they added them and a couple of other they, bits. Was it lights up the cannon? Was that something? So tonight, I can't remember. There is, there is some kind of screen oh, the, at the, the end yeah. of the lift and hmm. some and some flashing hyperspace. lights, some flashing LED that look like hyperspace a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's too bad, and also the the thing is they also haven't really stripped the station or the queue. So when you're queuing, you still see the you know the the lamps and the the designs and uh, and the whole station basically looks like Mission One still. So every time you go in there, if anyone who's who's been on Mission One, you go in there and you just can't help but thinking about it because everything's still there. One of the things that always gets me is the fact that they have, like, right at the end, before you go into, like, the launch section, they have one of the signs from, yeah, I think it's Baltimore from the first Club. one. It's still lit up. Like, it's like, why do you, why do you have this? Like, it's not. <laughs> I got evacuated there. I got evacuated there before. Really? Where... And and we we literally walked out and it was literally all these kind of it's kind of like like what Ben was saying earlier it's not because they didn't you didn't have projections to use whatever everything's really fluorescent and really vibrant so it's kind of mm -hmm. like like I could imagine speeding past there and be like okay it's like it's kind of like a set piece and not just oh let's just project some mapping onto this or whatever yeah all the meteorites were actually big giant balls of you know paper. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like the craters in them and they had some little light effects in them and they were lit with black light and it worked so well because yeah it was a bit cartoony but the whole thing was a bit cartoony mission one was just all a bit cartoony but it was part of the thing like the moon was you know winking at you it had a face in it but that was um that was a hark back to Melias's uh adaptation from the earth to the moon yes exactly uh, but like, it's so cool it's... that they thought about all those little details but you know what i mean like it's it's all very like artificial. Like, nothing in there looks like in Mission One. Nothing really actually looked yeah. like real space. Like, it was, mm -hmm. it was a sort of old movie version of space. But it was so cool because you could just step in, step into that, and it was such a the contrast between the the strength of the coaster and the cartoony sets was making it very disconcerting when you're in there because you you don't expect this thing to shoot you so hard in this like cute little sets so it was really cool it had a good effect back so when discovery land though. made sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> what i find interesting is that we talk about this idea of they wanted to make it ip but i sort of if you think about it for me space mountain worldwide now is an ip in itself yeah that's like, what they were saying tonight that space mountain yeah. became a brand 
like how, well, how Thunder was the brand, isn't it? Yeah, like well, most that's, well, that's why they changed it to Space yeah. Mountain from Discovery. Exactly. Like but most that's... families, sort of, you would say about Disney, and they speak about Space Mountain, even to the point where in Vapiano there's a painting of from the Earth to the Moon in there. Like, so if they know about it, like, is it really necessary? Like, of course, Star Wars is an easy sell, but when it's such a brand in itself, they've never tried to market Space Mountain since then, so they don't know if it works. You know what when I mean? When you look at, at what Anne Maurer, Anne Maurer said, who was, like, the engineer, like, imagineer that was in charge for, like, Lucasfilm or whatever, and she was describing how, like, families were like really um like they remember conquering space mountain and going on it together and sharing the memory and i'm like yeah that's like what space mountain is it's not like they i i personally think and that's my opinion i personally think that um i'm not sure like now we've had space hyperspace mountain for three years how many people really is this drawn in at this stage because if you like you know okay i know not everyone comes every year and I know some people will still be new and it'll still always be someone's first visit. But I'm kind of like, okay, we've done Hyperspace Mountain because isn't like Hyperspace Mountain is, the, is meant to be an overlay. It's not really meant to be like a like a full thing. And See, when I thing, saw them tweeting, I when I saw that tweeting, when I saw the Disney on Paris' account tweeting yesterday, I kind of had, maybe I'm just slow or naive, or I don't know, but I just had this really weird realization that for Disneyland Paris, this is the new Space Mountain. It's like the new status quo. And like we said, Space Mountain is a brand, but they've now changed it to Hyperspace Mountain. So it's kind of like they're kind of losing all the problem. The problem is, is, I think it's the lack of foresight. They plan it as this cool overlay they can market for a bit, but then no one thinks about the budget it's going to take to change it after the overlay. And then uh. if no one's budgeting it and they're thinking, well, after five years later, like, oh, well, it'd be cute to change it, but you know, Surely we should yeah. spend this money on a season that's going to bring a new visitor, so we get stuck in an endless cycle where no one wants to allocate money to actually remove the overlay and replace it with something because there's so many other people begging for the money first. I think you know it's also I mean? confidence. They've got to have confidence to market it from from that Earth to the Moon theme and mm -hmm. market it well, but they just haven't got the confidence to go back to it either. Well, the thing is, you know, at Disney, everything takes money and to remove something you have to put something in its place and people are, say, are saying oh just bring back mission one and i think it first it would not really be interesting for disney from like a financial promotional point of view to say hey we just brought back an attraction from 25 years ago come see it you know i think the fans will love it i would love it but i think if they replace it with something they're not also going to go back to mission two because mission two has been done and everyone's been on it and it's actually really bad um, but they need to come up with, <laughs> I have no other word for it, but they need to come up with, um, uh, with a new story, with a new concept that would actually match the show building. And I think all of this costs a lot of money. You have to get lots of engineering involved. You have to change it, build it, renovate it, promote it, and make so it go back, so go, back, well. go back to the original then. <laughs> yeah, but I think and, that's really hard to and promote. Then if you update it, if you promote it well, they can do some good promotions when they want to. See, what I, I, what I was thinking, you know, um, the, the novel that From the Earth to the Moon comes from is from a series of novels by Jill Verne. And he has a lot of novels about space exploration and there's a lot of stories in there. And I feel like it could be great to just 
do another Jill's Run story that is linked. And I think like from the Earth to the Moon, there is a follow up or, or a prequel or a sequel or, or all those novels fit within a good, bigger story. And so they could go back to Joe Verne and see what he has to use. And maybe we could have a new story that still is sort of retro futurism, but tells a new story. I think though, uh, well, I think he didn't though, write too much. They, they need to kind of realize though that like certain things, like for example, like Big Thunder Mountain is set in the wild, far west and whatever. But that's not to say that we should put Woody and, and Jesse and Bullseye in there and be like, oh, we'll turn it to... Please. Tell them any ideas. Paris needs to realize that, okay, yeah, they have stuff and I know they want to take advantage of the IPs and whatever, but some things, is it really worth the hassle in changing? Updating, yeah, and making more technologically relevant like they were saying today like guests are more and more kind of like uh exigent and they want more and more kind of like they want to be surprised more and more but like they kind of have to understand that sometimes like they don't have to keep ripping out stories and putting in different ones and then rip out that one and putting a different story like they they should have confidence in their product as well because like space like pirates of the caribbean or big ton of mountain or like any of like the big e-ticket land like the anchor the land uh, they kind of they kind of just are drawn their own. Like people want to go to Disney uh, Disneyland, a, a Disney park in general, and they want to do Big Thunder Mountain. They want to do Space Mountain. They want to do like things that you know that when you go to a Disney park, you usually find these things. And I I feel like they should maybe stop worrying about trying to. Oh yeah, we need to take change this because like update it. Yeah, but don't rip it out and rip some put something else in that doesn't match. Like. And I agree. I agree because like you don't see. You know, I mean, Paris of the Caribbean has been updated, but it's been updated, and you know that's so that's also controversial. We're talking about that in like our designing GLP series today, but um, they've added some animatronic, but it still fits within the whole Paris of the Caribbean universe. You, they didn't put Moana, they didn't change into like a Moana ride by you know yeah. changing, yeah. keeping the exterior as pirates, and then like changing all the sets to to like you know islands. Uh, which is basically what they've done with Space Mountain. They've kept the outside and then they changed completely everything inside. It's loosely related to space, but that's really the only common point. Uh, but yeah, and, and if you look at most of the attractions at Disney parks, a lot of them have, like, you know, Jungle Cruise has some overlays, but it's always been Jungle Cruise, and people want to go on the Jungle Cruise. They don't want to go on anything else. So I think if it's become an icon, like, why change it? And like when you see that the the small world celebration comes and goes periodically at Disneyland Paris, you kind of have to wonder. Well, if they're just going to do half-assed like overlays and do it when they feel like it or when they have a budget for it or this and the other, just don't do them. Like you know, I'd rather I'd rather they didn't. And I I hundred percent when I when I heard about this hyperspace mountain overlay for the twenty fifth anniversary, I was like, oh cool, like that's the thing I know other Disney parks do, and I. And my head, the the most important word was overlay, as in it will be here for a while and then it will go. Not it will be here for a while. Yeah. It will be here for a while and we'll just have to live with it for as long as pretty much the original version. Like, okay, keeping things fresh, trying to keep getting people to come. Like, I feel like there's more of a kind of like more marketing push if they kind of put effort into like bringing things, taking them away, bringing them back, bringing them away, like things like that. It's going to be like more easy to market and just be like, oh, uh, hyperspace mountain is now hyperspace mountain. You've got seven years to experience it. Let's go. But you know, also, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I, I just don't understand why it's marketing. Of all the attractions at Disneyland Paris, 
why Space Mountain is the one that, for some reason, they keep having to tinker with. Um, and I know, I know, Space Mountain, people they go they want a Star Wars Mission attraction. Two, Mission Two is and just Phil? like, why? Why did you do that? Yeah, Mission 2 was more... I, th I feel like Mission 2, for me, is more of a head-scratcher than Hyperspace. Because Hyperspace, you know, during the 25th anniversary, the, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge was already under construction in the U.S. or announced. And so a lot of people were very excited for Star Wars attractions at Disney parks. And obviously Paris had nothing. And then you just turn Space Mountain into Star Wars. And I know we're fans. We know, we know that it's not a Star Wars attraction. But... When you look at the brochure, if you're just an average guest and you really haven't quite researched that much, you you could easily just say, "Oh, look, Paris has Star Wars too." Yeah, but then next door, next door, there's like Star Wars: The Adventure Continues, and I'm like, yeah. okay, like they have they have a Star Wars ride, they have a Star Wars meet and greet, a meet and greet that they haven't done that much since they read it up, so it's basically oh, just it, yeah. no. But like, I I I feel like in general, okay, they want a Star Wars ride, they or they already have one. And they can put that in it, like they can put that in all the promo material or whatever. And if they really want to go a little bit further, they can try and make something better with the meet and greet that they have dedicated next door. And if they really want to go that further, well, you know, you have to put your hands. You well, you know what I think they should do with Space Mountain? Retheme to the Nautilus. <laughs> yeah. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea mountain. I think <laughs> that would be. That would be interesting. You'd be like going through the water. That would be so cool. <laughs> With a water splash. Yeah, they could, put the same, <laughs> yes. they could put the same technology that they have in uh, Discoveryland Theater, you know, that splashes you water. So in the loop, they would just like splash water in your face and you'd just be like, you know. Instead of the moon with winking, it's just this giant kraken just yeah, sitting the big, there. The big crab. Oh, but like, I think after a while, though, the Disney on Paris, how far can they go with just not with just recycling things exactly and after a while unfortunately and i know it's not our case and i know that we we've had a lot of troubles and i know it's not priority and whatever but like at the, at the end of the day you just have to spend money and if you really want a star wars attraction then just spend money and build it like do you know what i mean like if you if you, that's if that's if you're well, they are yeah, maybe well, we are. think kind of <laughs> we in think potentially yeah but like so it's kind of it's kind of annoying that they're kind of like okay but they want this now and i'm like well yeah but we all want things now but we're not we know we're not going to get them as well like do you know what i mean i think to be honest, like, Disney best, Paris is like a four-year-old child oh best, I now. <laughs> best way to get rid of it i think is for them to build the land next door and so that means that we might be stuck with that for another five years if I, that very maybe more. yeah because Maybe, you know, they got to figure out something else to put in its place. And I know that a lot of people want to bring back the moon and everything, but honestly, I don't see it happening. They're not going to bring back the first version, and they're not going to bring back the second version. I think if they change it, they're going to want to bring back, they want to make, they're going to want to make a new show, and that is probably never going to happen. Um, I, don't think never. I don't think it's going to happen in the next, like, foreseeable future. I feel I like think it will there's a chance someday. there's a chance that maybe it will go back to another version closer to the original theme maybe a year or two before the Star Wars land opens you know like or once it's well underway maybe they will get rid of it and then because you know the hype will be about Star Wars next door um, 
But I don't know. It just maybe, feels maybe they'll it surprise us. It's just like in those uncertain times. Now I really feel like this is definitely not a priority. Like, please finish Avengers Campus. Please finish Frozen Land. Like, don't worry about Hyperspace Mountain at this point. If we're gonna have limited money, and if we're gonna, you know, with like the post pandemic and the post whatever, and you know, Bob going with his calm through everything, like just you know, I think Space Mountain is not the biggest worry at this point. Let's let's have a lands and then see. Um, yeah. But do you think they'll ever like the like? Because you know the way there's a lot of effects, like exterior effects that don't work anymore. Like they're just gone forever now, eh? Like the the like the the, the launch on the cannon pulling back and pushing forward and the smoke and the things going around. I think are they, the cannon are, is pushing back has already is uh, already been rusted for quite a long time. No, I don't know. You guys know maybe? I, I know some of the effects. It doesn't, effects it doesn't make like... sense with the story anymore as well because the launch has been moved down. Right. So you're so the train is not in that area anymore. It's lower. So yeah, if if the cannon did pump. Um, it it does, just doesn't make too much sense. Yeah, yeah but they, couldn't they just reprogram it to put it back to where it used to be? Well, yeah, you'd, you'd hope. But... You could. Um, but I mean, I guess the launch is more thrilling from lower. There's just more room to get shot up. It does feel like they have spent twenty five years, and I don't, I don't want to be negative or whatever. But it does look like looking back over the history and whatever, and listening to the Imagineers talking today, it does feel like they have spent twenty five years, just like basically, like Jeff said, tinkering with it and kind of just ripping out what kind of made it such a big thing. Because like, like when you think of your, like when you think of when your Disney arrived in France, and all the like, lots of people in France were like not impressed with the whole fact that Disney was coming to France and they were like oh well here's like a, they were throwing them a bone like oh here's like a thing that like Europeans get and Europeans like you know yeah maybe it doesn't it's not sexy and it doesn't sell sell like maybe Star Wars would but it's still pretty you know it's like it was something that would be very unique to, to a park that you would find in Europe and not just oh yeah we'll stick Star Wars in it because we did it in America and we'll do it here too yeah I mean you know, I know, I know. My answer is kind of all the same to all those questions of about Star Wars, but I think it really has to do with your basic family who doesn't not know much about the park and who just wants to ride roller coaster and loves Star Wars, and they don't care what it looks like. And Disney knows this, and it's uh, you know, if you type Disneyland Paris Star Wars, you'll get to a page where you have Hyperspace Mountain, you have Disney Illuminations, you have Star Tours, and you have the Darth Vader meet and greet. <laughs> It's just their Star Wars package. That's what. Well, it's that's the Legends of the Force get. page. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, well, Legends of the Force had a bit more with the shows and everything. Legends of the Force was really cool this year for the last year. I love then, Legends of the Force. And then they just and now this is it. <laughs> so here we are. Great send off. It's like it got cut short. I don't know. And then is it like bat t- leave them wanting more or something? I don't know. I know, right? Maybe they could bring it back next year. I don't know if the land, if 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 campus opens late, maybe they could do a mini one. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Also, what's going to happen to the plaza now? I don't know. Are they just going to leave it as is? Just a big yeah. empty wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be much of a change. The park, the park might reopen and the stage could be gone. Who knows? No, it's still yeah. there. Yeah, it's still there. Oh. 
Yeah, because we you have. You can to... see it from the Disney Village parking. Yeah, I was gonna just say. saying. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. They're, they also still have the posters up from the Star Wars season because we looked at Phasma today, and 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 Ray. And they're also very have, much. Um, they're still there. They also have like the orange, uh, you know, lamp post on Central Plaza from Frozen season, and they have the Frozen banners still. Nothing has been moved. It's like Frozen no. in time, creepy. It's like it's <laughs> still there. Frozen. Frozen in time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Frozen and Intended Journey, all of 2020. <laughs> it never, it ends. never ends. Yeah, and it's supposed to come back next year, I guess, so... Please yeah. don't. Uh, uh, if, well, if, nothing's if, confirmed yet. Okay, but the Sven animatronic, oh, I do have to look, give them credit for that. If you look that was at, adorable. I, would, I wouldn't mind them bringing it back if it gives us the fun rope carriers and Sven. Cause yes. If you look they at make the, the season. If you look at the special offers on the website for Winter yeah. 2021, the visual <laughs> is the Frozen Celebration visual. So, Woo. Yeah, pretty sure it's coming back. And so it was, cool. It was meant to come I, back. It was like, it was mm-hmm. built, quote unquote, for two years. And now really? with the like, social distancing, we're definitely not getting inside the hub. It's a smart thing, though. At least they can um, they can use all the buttons that they couldn't use this year because obviously they had a lot yeah. of stock left of the buttons from Frozen. So at least they can use them next year. Maybe they will actually give them to people and not just be like make it like <laughs> gold body. Like people spending three hundred euros to stay in a hotel. I went to. I'm not having to go to hotels. But I went to. I went to Disney Hotel. At Chris uh, was it Christmas t- uh, or was Halloween last year, and um, I was I basically just uh, we checked in whatever, and I said, oh, oh can I have a? Because it was my nephew who's twelve, oh, yeah. and, and I was like, can I have a can I have a badge from it? And she was like, we're not like give badges to. You. It's only for kids. I was like, well, he's twelve. I know, I like, but I I made a change because I gave I him to everyone staying in a hotel. I just wanted my nephew to get a badge because I know he would like it. But and she yeah. ended up giving me three, and I was like, "Well, no, I like you can keep the other two if they're like that important." And she was like, "No, no." I was like, "Okay." Like it felt like okay, only for people staying in a hotel, and then only for kids, and then only for kids that look like they're under ten or something like that. <laughs> Children <laughs> have to show an ID to get a badge. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how, how bad does Disneyland Paris like really not like really not want to be given out badges like? Well, you know, I think there's there's two problems about the badges in Disneyland Paris. Is the first one is that guests go absolutely nuts for them, especially fans, and so mm-hmm. they will literally take twenty and sell them on eBay, and the stocks will be depleted in a day. And the second reason I think is because, like most big companies, uh, Disneyland Paris has different divisions that have different budgets, and so it's kind of like you know the 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 Marvel meet and greets that were only at Hotel New York with a meal is because it was the hotel's budget that paid for that and I think the buttons always pop up every season in the hotels because that is part of the hotel's budget and so they don't want to yeah, give that's it true. they don't want to give it to City yeah, Hall they don't want to give them in the park case, in that case I was I was like a paying customer and another yeah. thing I say if the, no. if it's really that if it's really oh, yeah. that expensive for them. They can just do like Tokyo and sell it for like two fifty in a shop, and people will go and buy one for two fifty. Like if yeah, it's the, thing, really the that, thing about it, only kids, I think issue, that's weird. I've never heard that. Usually if, they just give it to you instead of the hotel. The thing is, the whole issue is that they the, should make sure that City Hall has the buttons. They should make sure that City Hall has like some sort of stock that normal guests who are not in hotels can get the buttons, but they don't do that. So in, especially in Disneyland Hotel. 
they've just told us like be really careful with your buttons because there will be parents coming in being like can my kid have buttons and you have to say no and it's really rude and it's really harsh but i think that's maybe why they're like more strict in that hotel yeah like they already have enough trouble with the birthday button so it's like stop it like literally (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want to talk about it (laughs) bring in more buttons woo just just go to sequoia lodge no the whole birthday the birthday buttons they give them away they literally throw them at you <laughs> yeah, if you if you go to Disneyland in California, you go into City Hall and they have literally buckets. buckets. No, it's the best. Yeah. Outside. There are okay. buckets. When I when and I you went just dive to your is... hand in and take whatever you want. Uh-huh. Well, the thing the thing is that they somehow in Paris it's like City Hall has the birthday badges and the hotels have the seasonal badges, but obviously people want all of it instead mm-hmm. of like just one I... of it. Well, when I was in California and I'd seen the parade and I had I brought pins with me because I'm a loser because I like just giving pins. <laughs> <laughs> I, You're not I, a loser. I like just giving pins to cast members who are nice and whatever. And I saw these people like they were like big execs because they were wearing they weren't wearing a uniform. They were just wearing their regular clothes. And one of them had a blue badge. And I we ended Ooh. up getting talking. So I was like, oh, we're like you know, I saw the parade. And it really happens. They were like, oh, where are you from? They were like, I'm visiting from France and I and my local is in Paris and blah blah blah. And um and so then I, I was like, Oh, here's a pin, like if you want one and she was like, Oh, that's so nice and then went she was like, Don't don't go anywhere and came back and she had filled like a, like a, do you know the small shopper bags that mm-hmm. they did? Yeah. She had filled like a bag with them and she was like, Give them to your friends when you go home. I was like, Okay, I have way too many. That's so bags. sweet. Just, Aww. No, I don't I don't get how in like in one case it can be like if it's that bad, do like Tokyo and sell give stickers for free and sell badges like yeah if i'm going with someone for my like for their birthday and i want them to have a birthday badge i will pay 250 for a birthday badge it's fine yeah i think the more normal you make badges the more people will just be relaxed like if you have to jump through so many hoops to get a badge then of course people are going to go absolutely crazy for them if there's just a bucket somewhere and you can just take a badge okay the first few days it might go crazy but People will calm down because it's just like, oh yeah, I want a badge. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, becomes, just becomes the norm, doesn't it? This, Once you have five is, at home, you're just gonna be like, okay, I don't need it more. Paris just has such an like they've had. Mm. I know this year with seasonal divorce, they've had such an issue with even getting the badges that midway through February we had run out of seasonal the legends of the forest badges. We didn't have any left at all. It's just crazy like, because just they just they wouldn't be. Enough. <laughs> yeah, and and it wouldn't be delivered because, uh, well, I guess because of Corona, maybe because they come from China. But you know, it was a mess. But yeah, but it's kind of like you know, you know how people go crazy for Anna and Elsa. Well, they go crazy oh. for Anna and Elsa because <laughs> Anna and Elsa are not available in Europe at all. And you yeah. know, if they were, if there was like, uh, you know, whatever summer house meet and greet year long, sure, it would be crazy for the first six months. But if you know that it's a permanent offering, then. People would just like come down, like Epcot. They've come down. There's rarely more than twenty minutes for Anna and Elsa at Epcot. Yeah, yeah. They took Anna and Elsa away. They did that one Christmas season, if you remember. And then I think the following year, or was it the year after? I can't remember which. Um, they did Frozen Summer Fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, twenty sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, they were for one season. It was insane. It was like six hour queue. And then one of the questions at the press event was, "Well, why can't I meet Anna and Elsa?" And the answer they gave was, well, we tried it last Christmas and the queues were really long, so we decided that it, we just didn't want to do that. 
I said, no, the queues are wrong long because people want to meet Anna and Elsa, not like in spite of. Yeah. Well, there's more to just reason. that with that day, but yeah. People go crazy for me. It's in Paris. Like, let's oh be real. God, even even Pinocchio coming out with Geppetto, he gets attacked. So, <laughs> you know. Like, compare it to the American parks. Like, I was, like, at Disney, like, you can literally, like, Peter Pan or something will just be, like, walking by the castle and you'll just, like, chill out with him. And then, like, you go to Disneyland Paris and a character's, like, trying to leave and, like, kids or adults are jumping <laughs> him and stuff. And you have, like, yeah. you have, like, moms who, like, throw their kids on oh them my to God. take photos. <laughs> like, those poor kids, they don't even want to take a photo, but, like, the mom is like, They're like, go, who is go. this old man? Like, like, who's Geppetto? them on the characters to take the photo. Like, Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's the same with the whole, when Olaf, well, he's still, well, yeah, he's still meeting. You know, he's got Lime Richie, and then people are, like, yelling at everyone because they can't get a slot. And then, like, yeah. oh, it's fine. We'll just push our kid in front of Olaf when he walks back to, like, you know, wherever he meets to backstage. And, like, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to do that. That's why you've got Lime Richie. You need to make your reservation. Yeah. But also, like... I think it's kind of the same as the badge. Like, people are starved for meets in Paris. For, like, enough meets that are either roaming or fixed. Or I feel like if they just give a bit more and if there's more capacity for the meets and longer hours like some of the meets i feel like are just like like three hours a day and so yeah. Of course, yeah yeah you know sure they're available but like they're available between like 10 and 11 15 and then like 2 and three thirty. and it's like okay well of course everyone's gonna rush at the beginning of the set because they want to meet him and then the queue is gonna go all the way to the back of the land you know as it makes sense if they're just available all day then eventually the queue will absorb um mm -hmm. yeah. it makes sense but people go really crazy like let's not lie about that <laughs> yeah people go really crazy really yeah. crazy well anyway um should we play some music uh, sure. and since sure. we're going in order so i've kind of like not downloaded the music from the asian parks because i think is it the same as disneyland <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> But anyways, the next one is our favorite. It is the original mission one, the Terra la Lune from the Earth to the Moon. Um, you know, you can still hear it in um, Main Street. Um, what's called the Main Street Lounge in the Disneyland Hotel. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there, yeah. So random. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I heard it for the first time there. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Space Mountain!" I was like, "The Terra la Lune." I think I actually sent you a video, and you were like, "Yep, yeah, that's it." <laughs> All right, so we're going to listen to that and we'll be back in two minutes.
to the GRP report. Oh. Right, guess what's going on back there? <laughs> badge talk. Badge talk. Okay. Darren, you must have like a huge collection of badges, no? Or is that not something you collect? I do. I've got oh. a huge tub tub of badges. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the, that's that's the whole. I could do a whole video thing on that. Yeah. You should. That'd be fun. I should. Yeah. Um. So. We have questions, and there's a lot of questions about Space Mountain. I love questions. Which we, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> Elliot, you haven't said hi to your fans for a while. Remember, you used to close the show saying that you would thank everyone who comes and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know because there's been no one in the park. Is this the park? Oh. Hello. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> your fans can't reach you anymore. I know they always used to come up to me and like say hello and say they love the podcast. It was great. Jeff oh, you got to give them the fan mail address. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... can, we, can we appreciate Eduardo's comment on, on the chat, though, saying that at least I did a boot stitch on Space Mountain yet? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's so right. I mean, because that could have been... That could have been... Please don't do that, Disney. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> they just, they just <laughs> send up the broken animatronic. To be fair, it would be cool, because he could catch oh, after, like, he could, like, fly after, what is his name? I don't know, like, the big fat guy, the big black, what is he? Ganju. Yeah, that. Yeah. They could, they could put, like, a giant stitch, like, a giant inflatable stitch on top of the cannon, like, with a stitch, like, oh trying, god, to, no. trying to rip off the cannon, you know? With loads of toilet paper <laughs> over the dome. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, we and make Space Mountain a giant birthday cake. And just, that, that and just like cool, spray though, paint. Stitch was here uh, on the dome. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, don't joke. Stitch, don't you know. joke. We don't know. We don't know. After twenty twenty, after twenty twenty, I, I think anything can happen are. now these days. Um, so actually, Eduardo had a good question about space mountain before we stop talking about space mountain because it's been a while um if i can find it i can't find it um it was kind of fun we could go around uh he wants to know what's your best memories regarding space mountain memories. i have a fun one when i went and i think i've already told that story like 10 times so you probably have all heard it uh when i went for the first time to disneyland paris in 1985 uh I couldn't convince my parents because they thought we had done Disney in the US. And so my godmother took me in. I think by, that, by then she must have been like, I don't know, 65, 70, something like that. 70. Um, yeah, 65, maybe 70. I mean, and, you know, she's quite a, she's a lovely lady and she's quite, you know, precious and put together. And um, I told her that Space Mountain was absolutely not a thrill ride because I wanted her to come <laughs> with me. I didn't want to go by myself. I mean, not because I was scared, but because I wanted her to come with me. It was just part of the fun. And so she was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't go upside down or anything like that. And um, <laughs> we went, and she has never been back on it. I mean, not she hasn't been to the, to the park back, but I mean, during this whole stay, we were there for like four days or something. She was like, nope, nope, you're going by yourself. She was quite traumatized. But I think she had fun, but she was quite traumatized at the same time. <laughs> she had fun, but was traumatized. She's such a nice person. I think it was, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think she was, she was happy that she went, but she doesn't want to go on it ever again. Um, so yeah. yeah. Do, you guys have any, do you guys have any fun memories? I mean, one, when I went last summer with one of my friends, she was wearing like one of those tops that you need to like tie behind your back yourself 
And when we finished the ride, it oh had boy. sort of flown <gasps> off and she had <laughs> held it in her hands. And, you know, she basically did the whole ride in her bra. Oh my god. Knocking your top off. It was, it was funny. Yeah. Um, also, like, quite a few years ago, and we were talking about that, you know, offline before, but um, um, I uh, managed to figure out where to stop the Mission 1 song, like, as the train is about to accelerate, and then I would hide my earphones in my t-shirt, and then <laughs> once the train was gone and, you know, cast members couldn't stop you anymore, I would put my earphones back in, and then I would just press the little button right as a train was going and you can actually because we just listened to that song you can actually almost sync it up to the entire ride because obviously the track hasn't changed um yeah so if you don't get stopped it is possible to ride it with mission one in your ears you just have to put it very loud because they put the star wars music very loud uh, but it's doable close your eyes so you don't have to see hate hyperspace mountain <laughs> exactly so that's doable. And also, uh, there was this one time, um, Jeff, were you on that photo? Or Elliot? I don't know. I We, oh, were, yeah, we were all in the same train. And you know when the train stops before the launch, it stops there for like a while. And my phone was just right there next to my hand. And I took it out like for just a second. And I took a back selfie of the entire train. And everyone was like, woo. And then I just put it away before the train moved. You know, I know it's against the rules. But, uh, they and... played you a message on the... Um intercom didn't they no no i'm sure they were like had the, had the no so it was at the end uh, and this this woman... i know she came up to you afterwards but they definitely oh did they really something. yeah <laughs> such, a, such a bad guest sorry uh but at the end this woman was waiting for me and she was like you have to delete this photo because it's copyright lucasfilm and i was like what <laughs> what you didn't pay the $20 for the on-ride photo. You don't own it. <laughs> I don't like, And it was, like, in the canon, too. So, like, there's no... I mean, what? Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was very confusing. Did you delete the photo? Well, you know on the iPhone, when you delete it, it just goes in your trash. So then I, yeah. I, I recovered it. I have it somewhere. <laughs> I have it somewhere because I saved it. Of course I, of course I got it back because I was like, this is nonsense. Like, I mean, I understand she would say that you can take your phone out on the train because that's a safety issue, but... You know, because of Lucasfilm, it was like, oh, what? Anyway. I don't yeah. understand why a cast member would say, oh, it's copyright Lucasfilm. Like, if that just information is not necessary. Yeah, I don't yeah, right? I don't understand, like, who told her that, that that was the case, because it just feels like a very weird instruction to tell the guests. So, so if we took a picture of the of the, of the the castle, would the cast member be like, that's copyright Michael Mouse. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's copyright <laughs> Disney. I mean, isn't everything copyright Disney? And Disney, yeah. owns, Disney owns Lucasfilm, so... Uh, that's like with the Eiffel Tower at night, how there's all that stuff where it's like it's copyrighted. It's like, yes, they're going to sue every single person. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> like an art installation, the lighting, right? Like some company yeah. has, has like copyrighted the lighting. Weird. Um, so Mark from uh, the Fabiers, who I think is in the chat too, um, has questions from the entire family. So hey. he has a question from Noah, who's 12. And... Yes, and it's funny, you know, how much we have in common with twelve-year-olds, um, because we have the same questions. Are the new the question is: Are the new lands still going to open on schedule, and will Star Wars land be as big as Galaxy's Edge? 
I wish I had. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, no, I'm afraid to say we don't know. Sorry to disappoint you on that second question. We don't know. I mean, I would assume that Avengers Campus will open mostly on time because it was sort of said, uh, it was sort of set for 2021. Yeah. So Summer, uh, they didn't even mention a date. So, you know, summer yeah. is a big thing. We know Disney likes to do summer launches, so I would assume... Um... But I think it was probably going to be ready quite early anyway, before Corona. Like, probably maybe May, so maybe if, even it opens in August now or July, yeah. I don't think it'll be that much of a... I mean, technically, no, it's like an AP, right? You just, summer, tack on so... the, you just tack on the month to, to whatever month it was closed, right? You just extend the construction, mm -hmm. so if it was going to be ready also... for May, then you would think three months closure... Well, wait, March, April, June, July, May, August. June, July, yeah, four months. Four and months also, closure. Money Talks, they might want to sort of annoyingly, like, maybe take away some workers from the lake so they can get campus open as soon as possible. Or I don't know, they can shift it however they want, really. But... Do you really want to open in August 2021? I mean, I know Disneyland Paris don't care too much about Expo, but Expo. Expo? Expo what? <laughs> D23. D23. Huh? Oh, D23 Expo. What? Well, no, I don't think. Well, you know what I could see is maybe an early September opening with like you know back from summer yeah, holidays type of thing. Would be dangerous though to run so close. Well, the yeah, run... we can run through. Yeah. We could run through it. Oh, that would be yeah. cooler. Yeah. Imagine them bringing back the Marvel theme for the 5K again. Yeah, <laughs> they could just talk about talk about budget efficiency. You could just bring as, all this as, stuff as long back as they well, as long as they give me Groot, sure, do it. Yeah, bring back five K with Marvel. I'll do it. I just want Groot. That's it. I just want Groot. Do you agree, Darren? It's, why not? Yeah, I think I agree with it. Yeah, if it's got Groot and theme, some good character meets, and then there's a storyline to the run. At least time. we could get a 5k like in the land and have characters like in the themed land instead of meeting them in Adventureland. That's the I mean, villains the here. Land, which I, which I know with the run, you know, it doesn't really matter where you meet them. But, you know, it would be fun if it's a 5k that they can do it through the studios and just have it through like most of Avengers area. Yeah. Well, cool. That would be really very much a 5k though. Don't ruin the magic. That'd just be the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be cool too. That's where it used to be, didn't it? Just down there, the finish line. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wonder if it still will be because obviously that's more narrow now. They moved it last year to. Um... Where did they move it to? Just a similar location. You just approached it from a different angle. Yeah. Oh. No, it's the other oh. side of the stage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you look at the stage, yeah. it was on the right of the stage of the finish line, yeah. It's going to be interesting this year, Doron. No. But I, I don't <laughs> what think what run? The virtual run. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hoping it's happening, so... Really, I don't think I don't think like, they can open at the end of July and then have a run in September. I don't with, know, with... because why, why would they be calling people who have Marvel Hotel booked and instead of cancelling them, being like, you know, we're just going to move you to whatever hotel. Trying to just keep grab money and hope that people will just come anyway. Well, I don't, well yeah, we'll see. Probably would. Mm. Probably would like, still go. It, it, makes, it makes more financial sense for them to be like, we're just going to move you from here to here and then hope that let the customer do the cancelling and not be like, we're cancelling. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All the meet and greets will be up high anyway. 
<laughs> it's a whole load of logistical challenges. <laughs> well, they already are. They haven't even started it's... selling anything. Yeah. Like, bibs only oh. and things they just haven't done yet. No, I mean, bibs I'm... only... According to, weekend, Disney, so... according to Ron Disney, according to Ron Disney, they they are doing a bib only sale, but they don't know a date yet. That's what you get when you email Ron Disney about it. But uh, but you know, in, know, in a sense, in a sense, uh, yes, American guests are not going to come, but also they don't want a big attendance. No, exactly. So, so it might be just a, a smaller scale, you know. As long as they get their money, still has to run a profit. But France in general, money to close roads and things. But France in general is being really weird with events because concerts aren't cancelled either yet. Like Lady Gaga's concert in July, it's not cancelled yet. And it's in Stade de France. I've had a few concerts. Of course it will be, but you know, it's it's interesting how some things like big events, like concerts, aren't cancelled yet. And we're thinking about September. A lot of concerts, like festivals and stuff, they they, they have been outright cancelled. And they will be a lot bigger than a concert. Like, outdoor concert, uh, outdoor festivals that happen around... Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like, they're all gone. So, like, the, it would be very much kind of safe to admit, to, to, kind of, to kind of assume that a concert in July has not happened. Oh, no, definitely. But, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see how Franz is, like... Or, well, the, the people dealing with the concert, like how they're just waiting for it, you know? So, just, yeah. whereas, like in the Netherlands, they've just been like, everything's cancelled till September. So, if you've got any event, like, don't expect except to be going. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't mean, have any Disney has to run a profit, right? Because well, Disney has to run a profit because it costs money to close the roads, it costs money to police it, it costs money to. Just do everything. Like it's a pretty big outlay of cost. So even if it's a smaller run, there's no point running it if you're going to run a loss. Well, I don't know because well, they could just break All even. Of the area you know, it's from Disney, so they could just break even. But... And also, a lot of the roads closing and stuff are also paid for by Val d'Europe and by the you know yeah. the neighborhood towns. And so, and also, even if the run itself just runs even or a slight loss, like having guests there that weekend generates. It... Over the it's really it's really early as well in the day so it's not huge impact no such. exactly the only and thing is those they... guests will go in the parks after so that will definitely drive capacity up but well, again if, if they score a reservation well true. we don't know how it's going to be by the end of september no exactly my, my nervousness is look it's at... just it'll just be hotel guests who do the, look who at to do the run yeah. no look at, like look at spain or just like from july one everything's going back to normal like Which, I mean, in France it. this past weekend, all the stories that I saw everywhere was just oh, people stop in, it. <laughs> in central Paris being all packed together, drinking, and, and you know, good for them. Like, if, if, let me, uh, yeah, I don't know. Live your life. <laughs> Live your life. But well, uh, uh, <laughs> it seems to be. It looks like almost everything is back to normal over there. I mean, here in the UK, it is definitely not, and so it's kind of weird how the situation is much different here. But again, we're a bit late compared to mainland, um, so maybe that's why. But um, I feel like by it's September, pe- France will be like way, you know, back to normal. Social of, distancing yeah. will still be a thing. I don't know if they mm-hmm. could run a huge running event, but maybe they could run a, you know, like if you get enough barriers at the start, you could actually, if you don't have as many runners, you could actually have a one, you know, single file switchback on that giant plaza and just pack in everyone one after the other, so that it's not a big group and leave distance between people. Yeah. 
Yeah, you I'm could sure go back. Go back to the, you could go back to the first, first and second run where, where it was all, as you say, it was down past Vapiana and all the way down that road. I forget what oh, it's called. Yeah. Um, if you just arrange the people, sure, it might take like the entire avenue all the way back to Newport. But mm. Who cares, right? They have room. It just takes. It will just take a lot of barriers. But if they just hire enough barriers, you know, you could have a giant single file for each of the corals. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Well, people just arrive at different times, so they start at three in the morning, and people arrive every <laughs> half hour. <laughs> I mean, they could definitely start earlier, considering Coral A is mostly like the people who don't want to do characters anyway. So if they would start them at like six a.m., for example, it doesn't bother any character either because they don't stop for characters; they just run for the time. Whereas yeah. a lot of us, like on the podcast here, we run for characters. Mm-hmm. Mood. Partially. Most people run Disney don't run for time, do they? So no, like you're not going to Disney to be like, oh, I'm gonna break my record. It's like, no, no, I'm here. Well, I'm Disney. I'm always surprised to see how many people are like just running to run there, and not for the characters. Yeah, I just want I just want my castle to chateau. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that. What are they going to do with that? Have they, like, said anything? No. I don't know. I think they should just extend it over two years, if that's the case. We'll see. I think they will. Like, they've been pretty good across the board. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, still in the same family, we have a second question from Emily. She is 10. We have a little bit less in common with Emily, but it's still a fun (laughs) question. Question. Uh, she wants to know if in the future we can have an attraction with actual flying carpets that float. Ooh, that's a cool idea. I that think the fun. technology might get there. And it's funny because they were talking about that in the panel tonight, short about Space Mountain, but about how, you know, Disney always tries to update or use the latest technology. A lot of technology that I use in Disney attractions were often firsts, you know? Uh, well, they have like those trains that like are they with the magnetism like how they lift up a little bit like they're hovering so like i don't know if you got like if you further that enough maybe you could float a little bit i don't know if you'd be able to control it though that might be too chaotic but Uh, can i ask some clarification on emily's question did she mean (laughs) that the the flying carpets in the small world that have been not working since like forever that is a different question. <laughs> she's yeah. 10, Patrick. She's, she's not. So uh, yeah, Vivi, she's 10. She's not stupid. She's noticed. She's like, why haven't they turned it? She's like, I've so... noticed this for years. Why yeah. haven't you dealt with it? She's in a sick awareness that even the height of the DLP's Twitter has yet to attend. Well, if she's talking about the small world ones, then... No, I think she just wants I applaud her for thinking of that. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm just, I'm just, know, she's not. She's going to be looking out for them next time. I says, way to crush a child's <laughs> dreams, <laughs> hopes, Patrick. Emily, the next time you're on Small World, look up and see all the things that don't work anymore. I know, and it's literally, <laughs> it's literally not all the things. It's all the things. There's like literally nothing on yeah, the ceiling. The weather, like the rainy, the rainy lights never work. No, the, the, no. People, the, 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 the kites, kites. Nope. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy we with used, your dad. We used to yep. do a game sometimes when we were on Small World and like count how many things didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like that was like back when everything kind of worked. You know, it would just be like a kangaroo that didn't work or something like that. But you know, 
I love how it takes a really positive question and just like poops <laughs> over it. Like, so like, Emily just like, wants like... actual flying carpets, so yeah, that would be cool. It would be that really would be awesome. such a cool idea. I mean, yeah. we have. Does she does she mean a little bit like the oh what's it called in Europa Park? I forgot. Oh, I forgot the name. Well, the voluntarium. They, they actually like, does she have... mean something like that? Because no, that would be she, cool. She wants a proper flying carpet. I yeah, mean, like she wants, like she can control this carpet, like. Yeah. But, I mean, she's flying that around Disney. Apply yeah. for a job at Voluntarium in Europa Park, and maybe you will. Well, but going back to the question, like it's I always think like a flying carpet. Well, become, <laughs> become an engineer. Really cool dark ride. Emily, you should go. You should become an engineer, and you have yeah. obviously a lot of creativity. So that would place you really well to become an Imagineer, and maybe create a flying carpet attraction at Disney one day. I'll ride on Emily's at a flying carpet. That'd be amazing. We'd be like, we know her. I know. <laughs> We'd be that like, cool. we're gonna be like, you know, eighty. We answered your uh, question. Oh, we're not even qualified to get on the attraction. Sorry, <laughs> too dangerous for you. <laughs> too bad for the back. Um, and then we have a question for Mark, same family. Mark has a bit of a more serious question and is also throwing Eddie Soto under the bus. He says, Eddie Soto recently <laughs> said that... <laughs> Eddie Soto recently said that masks on cast members break the magic and you should ne you need to see their smiles. Uh, do you think DLP should wait to open until cast members don't need to wear masks? Well, we no. don't know the rules for DLP, <laughs> no. so... Well, DLP will have masks, come on. It's going to be the same as all the other... I Cool. I, I don't know because, you know. In an idea, they can put a smile on the. On yeah, the like you're making. Like, like, that would be creepy, though. <laughs> well, you know what? Oh, God, that's creepy, yeah. If someone is smiling, you can see, if someone's smiling, you can see the twinkle in their eyes. So look for twinkle in the yeah, eyes. You, yeah. Just right. You can see so much in someone's like eyes. Yeah. Oh, and, I think, and I think, you know, if guests have to wear them, casts have to wear them too, because, look, you know, look we're for all the in this together. Just look for the cast members with the Disney masks, and you know, they really love the place they're working at. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, you, so, if, you see, if you see a cast member with a mask that says shrug, it's, they're just trying to express the usual... <laughs> When I, think... I walk into the expansion on the first day, I would love to smile then. So for the sake of oh, yeah. smiling then, we'll open now with the masks and um, not have to wait because that well, would we can be get very... rid of the masks. Exactly. Yeah. What a yeah. message. And honestly, yeah. I am just I just want to walk around the park and walk on Main Street, and I will. I am willing to wear a mask for that. You know, I think it's just. Worth I, it. I I'm not sure if it will work. You know, the thing is in like Florida. I I assume people are more used to like the the humidity and stuff as well, but like here we were wearing a mask today for like five minutes outside and we were discussing about how many people would faint in Disneyland Paris wearing a mask because it's it's really not comfortable. At I don't all. think it'd be as bad as let's get like Florida with the heat. That's gonna be. Oh, you know, we hit 38 fine. degrees last year. You never know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I saw I saw a meme on Facebook or somewhere, and it had like a screenshot of a tweet that someone had said it was too hot to wear a mask in Florida, and then you had next door to it, you had Chip and Dell, and it said, "Really?" Oh yeah. <laughs> I, see I think. That. I think. Look, you know, wear a mask. It's just going to be much safer than not wearing a mask. Come I mean. I think. It's not for it's not forever. Wear it. Get on yeah. with it. 
I think it's a small it. sacrifice yeah. for a few months. But I think the question yeah, was I... more about should they wait until we don't have to, so we don't break the magic. And it, no, you know, it no. does it no. does break the magic when you see when you see the the images from Shanghai with everyone with a mask. It's it's cute, but you know, it's it, a little sad. It's a constant reminder of what's going on, and so it does bring the magic a little bit. But I think, of course. It's temporary, and it's a sacrifice if you really want to go to the parks. Of course, mm. anyone can make this decision to wait until you know the situation gets better and you don't have to wear masks if you don't want to experience the parks in that way. And I think that's also a very you know respectable choice for anyone who doesn't want to you know see the parks that <laughs> way. And also, it's a good choice to wear a mask and to go right away if you want to see the parks right away because you missed them. So, and we're all gonna have the yeah. same timelines. So that'd be fine. Yay. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ash Ash said that he went to a local supermarket recently and this dude had a mask on, then it took it off to sneeze, not even covering his mouth. Oh my god. What? <laughs> nice. Clearly <laughs> people don't understand. <laughs> But, but this like is the thing as well, because <laughs> people are like, kids can't get the virus, so they shouldn't wear a mask. But if a kid would have the virus and they sneeze, like today we had like a couple of kids on our walk and they literally sneezed like towards us. And we were like, you know, it's it's not really yeah. sanitary, you if know, you whether they're wearing a mask you, or not. Yeah, if you, if you have a mask on, learn, you have like a sneaky sneeze. sneeze like... in their freaking elbow. Yeah, keep your mask on. I mean, it'll be gross for you, but at least you won't infect everyone. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I sneezed in my mask today, and like, okay, it's pretty gross for a couple of minutes, but it's fine. It dries. Or just have, try um... to keep your mouth shut when you sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's hay fever season, so yeah, it yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> I know. That's, that's... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I've been wearing a mask more to protect myself from hay fever and you know all the that's pollen going in my nose and that, stuff. Yeah. And apparently, it's doing apparently really that works really stuff. well. Yeah, it's doing great stuff for me. Like, so if you have it, um, good tip. Try it. See, the thing is, it's just so confusing because the Dutch, whatever it's called, health organization, they did like tests and they were like, wearing a mask makes zero difference for you to get the virus. It's just so you don't like give it to others. So to come back to Mark's question, even though it might, you know, it might be less magical, at least it puts the safety key on the first place. If we're all wearing masks. Yeah, we should all be good citizens to our fellow guests, you know, and I think that's important as well. Oh, and also, we don't know if they're going to do it for all departments, because we were discussing this today. Imagine in the hotel, they could just put up the the plastic screens in, like, in the middle of the, the desk so that the cast member doing the check-in doesn't need to wear the mask. Because otherwise... Because otherwise, I can't see yeah. someone understanding what I'm saying, considering there's problem. nine people next yeah. to each other. The real problem is you can't see someone's face. I had that last week on a, a work, and five people, and you're trying to work out who's talking, and 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 you've got yeah. to, people have to talk, speak louder. It's it's quite restricting. Just in in France, you see like the plastic screens, and then people behind them are still wearing the mask. But in the Netherlands, they've like sort of put that out the sense. rule: if there's a plastic screen in between you the one behind so the employee doesn't need to wear the mask so that at least they can inform you properly on whatever they're informing you on see the netherlands did all of this well i think <laughs> don't say it too. we're going good but you know so, so far, restaurants yeah. open today so don't yell too early <laughs> yeah 
So, um, I've actually, a friend was texting me and he's a first responder and he says that um, chirurgical masks, you know, the, the disposable ones, are much better in the heat than the cloth one that you can buy a red bubble because they're lighter oh. and they and this is now what I wear to go to the supermarket and to go in enclosed spaces. I wear the shir- the surgical ones because they're not as cute. You cannot look like you know you're in a pandemic. You look the part, but uh, <laughs> they're much uh, better for um, yeah for like ventilation or something inside. I don't know. See, we're we're not allowed to wear those in the Netherlands. We're a weird country. Why? Oh, is I it because actually, it's reserved be, because for... Yeah, because uh-huh. there's a lack in the hospitals and stuff, so you're not allowed to wear one. If you get one, you get a big-ass fine. Uh-huh. Ooh. So if you, if you come to the Netherlands, Ben, don't bring one, because you'll get a <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. Actually, all right. I, I don't find the cloth ones too bad, actually. I've, I've been all right wearing them. Um, They're fine. People like them, because I've got Sven and Kristoff on them, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I think just do well, it. That sounds amazing. Do it comfortable with, you know, whatever <laughs> works for you. Yes. So, um, we have more questions. I mean, now I've lost the Whoop. tweets. So, because I was right. talking about. Where's Eduardo? I was talking about. I was talking about tickets. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, tickets on sale for June twenty, and it's obviously or fifteen, and it's obviously. I have Eduardo's question. Um, you have a question? Yeah. So Eduardo, hi Eduardo. So he hey Eduardo. For you, what is Disney Village's biggest problem, and do you think the Disney Village renovation should be a priority? Oh God. <laughs> Are we getting into that one? <laughs> what was the question? Disney Village. <laughs> Disney Village is the question. <laughs> Disney Village question mark. <laughs> Well, um, Disney Village is ugly, and it's aged really badly, and it's kind of like a Space Mountain so, story, actually. actually. It's been guys. updated in all the wrong ways. So me, Ben, Jeff, and David were having this conversation the other day, and we actually came up with some good ideas. Oh, so was this not on the podcast? I can't tell the difference. So we're having a grand idea, and we think they should actually reorganize the hub and have guest parking coming into where the sports bar is now. Oh, yeah, so oh, yeah we did have this really deep yeah. until like half past 12. Yeah, ages. I remember this. <laughs> so we think that the car, car park should go actually onto this new bow check area currently where the sports bar is, renovate that, and that would be quite a nice entrance um, for guest parking. Then we'd you... add some nice nice new bits to like the esplanade and trees and uh, the fountain from shanghai um add the shanghai star to the opening date section and just sort of structurally there's a lot of easy work that can be done to actually really improve the flow of guests in that area except that behind sports bar is a cost member parking yes well that could be sacrificed for the greater cause (laughs) um (laughs) The, the parking can go elsewhere. I'm sure that's not too hard. Well, um, you know, it's hotel. It's a Hotel New York parking area, so they can't really replace it, can they? Well, the, they can go to... <laughs> if they can remodel. Parking north. They can remodel. <laughs> they, can, they can remodel, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in terms, of, con- in terms of Disney Village, I think it just needs to be more inviting, you know, just in general. Like, pick a theme, pick something cool. Yeah. And it just... should be more like monotone, you know, like more the same theme. Because yeah. Starbucks looks so different to 
well, anything. Yeah. I actually would have Cinema, you have Planet Hollywood, and World of Disney is a really nice design, and actually we have plans for these tomorrow on designing DLP, so tune in. Uh, Are we going to talk about ooh. probably the most contentious part? Of we're going to look, at, we're gonna look at World of Disney um, and all the architecture, and I think I think the, this, it, it's sort of like art deco meet Disney moldings type of thing. And I think the colors yeah. and the shapes, that would be great for Disney Village. Oh, someone, like someone has a call. Yeah, that's me. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> um, um, so we also, we also had a big conversation about Billy Bob's and how <laughs> we do not think that that is in keeping with the Disney brand and should probably go. Yeah. They should bring back. They should just bring back the cast member bar that existed, and have Billy Bob's like me. I don't know. Make it something else. Yeah. I make mean, it something else. I, I always have no, tons of fun away. <laughs> I always have tons of fun at Billy Bob's dancing with, with you know Tiana, Moana, and everyone. And. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh Ben. <laughs> But it, and also, li- fun, what about right? Ludwig? Well. Daisy, Ludwig's Daisy was lovely. <laughs> See, um, I, I think that they should, because King Ludwig's isn't for, isn't Disney, right? To go, no. I think. No. So it's a great, think great Ludwig is one of the few places that we can actually get sort of a decent decent meal in that place. Yeah, but I think yeah. that should okay, go for something you. else and make it something that is Disney, no matter like a buffet, whatever. Just make it something that is Disney. But if you look at Disney Springs, they have a lot of restaurants that are not Disney, and it works really well because they're all very well-themed and they have really good food and they add variety to the place. Except the issue with, like, the issue with, well, it's not an issue. The thing with Disneyland Paris is so many people booked a half-board meal plan thing, offer, and then when you come there in, like, times that it's not summer and the park isn't open till 11 p.m., Aside from Annette's Diner and your hotel well, restaurant, your hotel, there is yeah. no place to use your vouchers after park's closure. So well, I think they need like more night. spaces. You can do a hotel tour. I mean, sure, but you know, <laughs> if you're in David Crockett Ranch, maybe not everyone wants to. Well, they're not over there. Um, but it's, yeah. it's good food. But... Otherwise, I think, I think it just needs to be more inviting and more magical. I, I think when yeah. you get into that resort hub, mm. it really looks like a like an old, you know, washed out town, yeah. middle of nowhere. I think thing. Um, <laughs> more different Hollywood shops needs to be changed to the observatory if they're going to keep it. Um, because, yeah. like, it's just a bit cheap. Take it away. We we're sorry. looking at photos I mean, of, the, of the resort hub the other day, and it really stands out, like, between that, the cinema, and the Buffalo Bill, um, the Wild West show entrance. Everything is it's just really cohesive. It just take that whole facade. It's just really washed out, <laughs> and just like yeah. It, it can really use a paint, you know, a fresh paint as well. Yeah, Planet Hollywood needs a coat of paint, like do something. Yeah, and they need to like update those cutouts of the celebrities and stuff. Oh god, like, they're, they're like, like oh, well, oh, they're <laughs> like molded, and they're, they're falling down. Like they have yeah, to remove they, some they of them. Actually have. We some of the celebrities are missing heads. Yeah. yeah, we were walking there yesterday, and Roger said to me, like, um, Viv, what's happened to, like, the fate, like the, the people on the side next to Planet Hollywood? And there's literally, yeah, you can just see that they're missing. Because they're, cause they're <laughs> it's, like, it's really weird. They're like Did plywood, so. Planet Hollywood yeah. say that they were waiting on this new plan that's, like, 94% ready to know if they had still have a place in the village because yeah. they were. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
spend money to do it up if they are being able to stay or something. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. I think the village just needs, in general, like a better mix of shops instead of just renaming all the shops like they've done now. Just you know, make don't make two shops that sell all princess stuff. Just make it either different shops or just do something with it because it's it's really like not yeah I think, one thing. I think you could, uh, but we've talked about this before. Right? I think you should. Yeah. You, there's there's enough property, enough themes to do so many Disney shops. You could have the princess shop, view and like you know a whole shop of dresses and stuff. You could have a Marvel shop. They had one in Disney Springs for a while. We could have, especially if you open Avengers Campus. You know, have all the Avengers Campus, have all the Marvel stuff in there. You could have a Star Wars shop. You could have. You know, also, know, like just, all sorts of things. They have so many franchises. Just, have some di- have a should... Disney Plus shop with all the series <laughs> and all stuff. I don't know. Like, that would you be know, cool. Do well, like, there's so many ideas you could have interesting shops instead of having like one giant bland, you know, Disney Can we store. get rid of the big McDonald's as well, please? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So ugly. It, well, the big it, McDonald's it, has one good purpose is that it allows people who don't want to spend a lot of money to yeah. have it's, a decent um, meal. But Especially like, the school groups as well, because they're just coming Earl with sandwich, sixty menus. You know, they're they're pretty good at providing a cheap alternative to Disney food inside the parks. But and the, uh, and the but I agree that the, the building is like, ugh. and also uh, Rainforest Cafe is disgusting food and it's so dusty in there, like the whole thing is falling apart. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I also feel pla- like the plastic animals behind it as well. Is <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those poor they things. just interrupt oh. my meal. Yeah. Um, I also so yeah. feel like Pandora is underrated in the village because you've only got the Disney fashion store that sells it. Oh, yeah. Whereas if they would like remodel, is it the Art of Art of Disney Disney Gallery? What is yeah, it? Disney in- Gallery. I think. If they would like remodel that and put Pandora in there as well, you would have two <laughs> points of sales for that. Yeah. Rather than having Crying. just that Disney fashion where it's like in the middle of the shop. Yeah, they could have a Pandora shop there. Yeah, literally. Oh, literally. Yeah, you know, you know they put that in Disney. Put that in the art the... into like little Disney fashion or something. That well, they could should have been put a Pandora the, shop. They could put the Disney gallery into a Pandora shop because it's small, and put the Disney gallery in something bigger. Because I feel like the art and the traditions, figures and stuff. Because be- before Hotel New York had like the biggest offer, along with Harrington's. On like the the statues and stuff and traditions and whatever, but obviously that's now shot. So I feel like it needs a bigger place to sell those figurines. Yeah. Yeah. So the question was, is it a priority? And for me, it's it's a huge yeah. priority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still has to be. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that it's already. It's a priority so after. Hopefully, wouldn't be affected. It's a priority after Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. Because I, I don't see them doing it before that is done, no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, quick next question. Elliot, do you have the next question? This is one about the hotel. Yes. It was from Keen. Um, let me get it back. Oh, okay. it's the one Sorry. if you could design oh. a Disneyland Paris hotel, what would it be? Yes. Because um, I discussed so this. <laughs> design one new DLP hotel, what would you theme it after? Would you be oh. a fan of a DLH like hotel, but with the studios? <laughs> For example, blend it in with the frozen part of what Disney Studios too. 
uh, Phantom Manor Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would be fun. I don't know if they would fill it. Yes, but it would be. be. Yeah. Along the line to a cat, I'm just gonna be like, give me a Chippendale proper Fort Wilderness whatever hotel. Give me something fully Chippendale. Well, like there was like Tower of Terror. It was supposed to like be. Oh, that would partially operating hotel so like you could do that with like phantom manor like you'd like have because like like just the top part like where the melanie statue is in the window like make all those rooms like like could do it like the cinderella castle dream lottery like i mean you you can dine in phantom manor if you have a lot of money oh oh my god (laughs) (laughs) the dream I mean, I think a, a hotel would be cool in Studio 2.0, but I just think there's no access for guests, and obviously you can't trap these guests in there if they want to walk to the village and get dinner or something, yeah. so, you know... I it just wouldn't be logical. Position. Initially, yeah. it would be hidden as well, wouldn't it, if it was at the back of the park there? Mm, yeah. I think I it would think, be. Um... I think it would have been cool if they, you know, they always there's always this talk about an additional hotel on the lake, um, but I don't know if there was a project for it. But to have, just like the Disneyland Hotel is the entrance for Disneyland Park, to have basically a hotel that goes all around um, front lots and then sort of expand around Studio One and then sees onto Tower of Terror and like the Avengers Campus entrance. So like a hotel that would sort of. I like, believe it was wrap around that whole was, area I'm and you sure can it see... was studied right it was right yeah but i think it should have been so expensive and so impractical to build but yeah. there was a hotel planned for where the events arena was that was the big site wasn't yeah. it yeah, was it was it, was it new orleans theme yeah that would be cool because that would that would fit in with that american theming around the lake that would yeah. be yeah. i can tell i, I can tell one person who wouldn't go any other hotel anymore it would do a good thing though like give tiana yeah. her hotel yeah <laughs> she's underrated <laughs> times underrated. i think um the good thing with paris is there is a kind of a thread that ties all the hotels together and you know i, I think a new orleans hotel would do that i think that's not mm-hmm. a good idea yeah yeah i'm sure it'd be very tiana themed though give it yeah. give it a character dining with all of tiana's friends Upscale dining. Yep. And done. It could have been fun Bring also to have beignets. it could have been fun also to have a Place de Rémy hotel type of like, you know, Parisian. Oh, but yeah. I guess fun. I guess you could also go to Central Paris. So, which is yeah, yeah, literally. A lot of hotels. A lot of hotels gonna look corner. like that. Yeah. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. I'll take it back. Uh, but I yeah, I mean, annoying, the only thing about in the park is just the access. Obviously you, you have to be able to have twenty four hour access. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course yeah, you have to see where to put it. But I mean you know, who knows if our resort all of a sudden starts being popular, we could get the Star Wars hotel and we could get the, um, yeah, a frozen hotel, I think would work. But I mean, it's really hard to put an entire theme on one franchise because, you know, what is frozen going to be in 20 years? I guess I was going to say, it's I such guess a themes small franchise. Like, but I guess themes like Beauty and the Beast, for example, that would still be so popular today, but you never know. Like which one is going to have staying power? I guess like Frozen will of... have some staying power, but yeah. But then, isn't Beauty and the Beast going to be in like taken into DLH's refurbishment whenever that may be? Yeah. Like you could yeah. do it like the way that they have like the art of animation in the U.S. parks, how it's like split up into different 
themes like Lion King, Little Mermaid. You could do that like with a princess park. That might be cute. Yeah. Like a princess hotel. But I mean, we're we're getting that Disney hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah. As as a One princess, day, maybe. I guess. Yeah. Isn't this in twenty forty five? In fifty years. Isn't this Princess Hotel thing a bit like what we just said about like Space Mountain, the outside not really matching the inside? Because let's say like Beauty and the Beast was the predominant theme that they went for for the lobby, for example. Does that really go with like a big pink hotel? Is that what we think of? What I we mean, think? I think we're going to have to not wait really. and see, you know, yeah. whenever refurbishment starts. I mean, to be honest, like I'm okay with the Disneyland Hotel skipping a few years to get updated if that means that we get the yeah. last... Yeah. Time. Well, you know, when I, you say, I don't mind them adding the Princess Seven now. But you know, DLH needs it refurb. Like, I don't you... mind them adding the Princess touches in the style of the Tokyo rooms that are really themed and nice. But I just don't think it's necessary for the central areas to carry that theming as well. I just think update them, make them really nice, really marble. You know, but I don't think it's yeah. necessary for that heavy theming just to be like in the central luxury. areas. Just look luxury exactly. and not specifically themed to anything. But then if you like, you know, you get you get your little touches and whatever. I think that would be like you know the way the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel looks fantastic. Yeah, it's and land the um Tokyo Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, they all look fantastic. They just look mm-hmm. pr- pristine and nice and inviting. And then if you want to like have oh my my daughters re- like well my kids are a really good big fans of like bell then you can book a bell themed room or whatever do you know what i mean that's cute yeah yeah plenty of ideas but i mean honestly don't bother making more hotels for now because you know we need some we need reasons for people to come first so make the lands and then you know you know maybe they should invest in a shuttle to davy crockett ranch to make that more interesting yeah. For bigger groups uh, or families? Well, they used to do it, but I think they've just decided they don't want to. Or you just walk to Villages Nature from David Crockett Ranch. It's only a 20-minute walk, and then you take bus 47. Yeah. About... yeah. <laughs> it's not a Disney bus, but... <laughs> or an Uber. <laughs> no, because an Uber, because an Uber can't get on the, on the, the David Crockett Ranch area. Right, but it's no. always been it's always been the thing, right? This David Crockett, you just don't you you bring your own car. That's just the concept. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a thing. And... I, I mean, I guess that's why it's so interesting for mainly the Dutch crowd, right? I like the Belgian crowd that are like drive. close. Yeah. yeah, true. All right, guys, is there any more questions? Elliot is the question master now. You've earned it. Ooh, let me see. Um... I don't think so, right? Uh, no. We're gonna skip the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. yeah, you know Eddie Soto was talking about this New Orleans theme hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would. Yeah, he had he had some concept art, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was mm. like it was like with the boats, and he was talking yeah. about like whether it was part of the park or not. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, some people had said that it was like Disney Village, but it looks like Frontierland in the back, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because it looked like the manor, like leading up to it a bit. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, plenty of ideas. But you know what they say: Imagineering ideas don't die, so you never know. Mm. It might pop up somewhere one day. 
Um, so, Elliot, any more questions? No? No. Well, I guess that's our show for today. Uh, two, mm -hmm. two hours and 20. I think that's that's decent score to leave it there. Um, should we yeah. come back next week? Should we do every two weeks? What do you guys think? Since we're on the air, we might as well discuss. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should see two if there's weeks. like a lot of news. I think two yeah. weeks is better. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do two weeks. And now people start to get back outside and, you know, have their lives back. They might not be as interested in listening <laughs> to us rambling for three hours. <laughs> so we'll, we'll pack the news and that way we'll have more to talk about in two weeks. All right, makes sense. Um, and so to finish the show, I was... I have two options. I have Space Mountain Mission Two, but I feel like that's just really disgraceful. It's just um, like what they did with the laugh at the exactly, end. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I, I was supposed to play it earlier, but I forgot. So we're just gonna skip it. Um, but I'm just gonna play uh, one of the songs from the Space Mountain um, original uh, background music of the area. Uh, this one's called End Title, but I'm not sure if that's actually the name of the song. But it, since this is the end of the show. That will have to do and uh if you don't if you haven't listened to the the whole area soundtrack for space mountain uh from the earth to the moon uh finding on youtube or online it's really really good uh jeff who who's the um, composer i feel like you would know this steve brownson no yeah steve brownson yeah but no you know the but the whole like not this not the on right song oh okay um uh you know what i mean no Oh uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Um, as I'm looking, I no, I don't know if I. Um, you know what I mean, yeah. I just go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just googling who I think it is, but I'm just looking. Yeah. It's like they have like some kind of DJ name. The the something. No. Uh, sorry. One sec. <laughs> I love that we talk amongst yourselves for a second. Yeah. Uh, so how much after, after after live tweeting two weeks ago, welcome to live googling everybody. I know. I was also, <laughs> I'm also sometimes live texting, but you don't see that. Um, Bruce Broughton did something for Delta Luna. Is it him? That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Really? That's um, where I'm going with this thought. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just go I'm with just that one. Up, but... uh, the Rocketeers. Is it not? No. Are you no. sure? Really? Yeah. I feel like it was them. As everyone is quiet. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> we're going to edit here since we can figure it out. Um, well, thank you guys so much for being back this week. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. And thank you everyone for listening and sending in questions and interacting with us on Twitter. And longest show ending ever, says Ash. Sorry, Ash. That's because we're so prepared. I mean, I'd, I'll be honest, it would, it would help if I knew the kind of the piece of music that Ben's talking about. Like, well, I I'm going to play, so I'm going to play, so we can talk about it in two weeks. I'm sure we'll remember. <laughs> Anyways, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, <laughs> and stay safe, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.